Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Full Gear Post Show for Saturday, November 18th, 2023. I'm your host, JD, from New York, as always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining Jesse and I on this early Sunday morning. Wherever you may be, my partner in crime for everything AEW, the Chi-Town Smart. Man, how are you feeling tonight, man? What's going on, bro? I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on. Holy shit. What a pay-per-view, man. We say it all the time. Tony um, Khan is Mr. Pay-Per-View, Mr. PPV. Like RVD yeah. was Mr. Monday Night, Tony Khan is Mr. PPV, man. Incredible show tonight. What can you say, man? Oh, man. Top to bottom, I... What a show. Yeah. What a show. Yeah, there wasn't uh, there wasn't a lot to dislike about this show tonight. And I know you and I have been very hard on AEW lately for the creative direction. Yes, there was some silliness tonight. We're going to get into it. Believe me, we're going to get into it. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was a lot of silliness tonight. A lot of uh, huge Bruce Pritchard-like logic gaps. Just uh, a little silly. But uh, we got a lot to discuss, and there was a lot to like about tonight's show. And, you know, right at the top, being that we got 1,700 people in here right now, I know the AEW Full Gear Media Scrum that Jesse and I were not invited to, by the way, is happening right now. And I'm sure Denise, Denise is asking, oh, MJF, can I ask you a question? I'm sure, I'm sure that all that's, all that's going on. But this is where the place to be will be when the Scrum is over, OTS. So, Jesse, I'm going to let you have the floor, man. I'm going to let you start the topic of discussion tonight. What do you want to talk about, man? Right off the top of your head, could be anything tonight. We're gonna to get into it all. I think it's it's I think it's only right that we start off with the absolute best thing of the entire show. Um, I think all of us kind of anticipated it still in the show. So Unfortunately for these guys, the bar was already set really high before they even started. But Hangman and Swerve over fucking delivered on this match. Yeah. I remember being about two minutes, two minutes into the match and sitting on my couch holding my head like, what the fuck is going on? And then you text me about something and I'm like, bro, that match just fucking started 
Bro, this had, is what we get in the beginning? I had my best friend Pete text me during the show. He said, uh, and I quote, this may be the sickest shit I've ever seen. My God. This man. was ECW early 90s type of shit. Sickening. Man, yo, I, I, I quickly tweeted and put this in the same, in the same discussion, in the same category with Mick Foley and Rock with um, I Quit Match at the Royal Rumble 1999. Yeah. And and I'm not going to sit here and discuss which one was better or worse. I mean, the, the whole point is it's right up there. It's right up there. It was something that I will go back and watch every time I feel like it. It was something that will never be forgotten about. It is an instant match of the year candidate and anything less than five stars is an absolute ripoff. Yeah, I, I really don't even know where to begin with uh, my thoughts on the match. Uh, like you said, I think a lot of people anticipated a banger after what we got at Wrestle Dream. Uh, they blew that match out of the fucking water, and I don't even think they're done yet. I think we're getting match number three, believe it or not, at World's End. But oh. with what we saw tonight, I, I will say this. Upon first glance, upon first viewing, this was probably... I don't know if it's the most violent match in AEW history, but I will say as of right now, because I can't really think of uh, what else was as brutal as this, probably the well, most violent match in AEW history. Well, so we've had some we've had some very violent matches in AEW history, yeah. and I can't even sit here to, and pretend to remember them all. Yeah. But I can say this with confidence. All of the brutality that we got in this match was all warranted. It all yeah. made sense yes. per the storyline. Exactly. There was there was a realism to this match. That was one of the things I, I definitely put in my notes. There was a realism to this match that yes. I, I don't really remember seeing, especially on AEW television or, or in pro wrestling in general. You know, when I was watching this, and if you guys are, are, are in the chat and you watch the show with us tonight, I, I would love to hear what you have to say as well. And in the comment section, I would love if you leave me a comment, let me know what you're thinking. Maybe it was just me. But, Jesse, when I watched this match, I legitimately felt as if Swerve and Hangman legitimately hated each other. Yes. Yes. And, and, that, was, and that was the whole point. We've seen some brutal shit in AEW, but sometimes in the midst of it, at the end of the day, you can sit back and like, man, is this, is this worth it all? Is it? I mean, Jesus Christ! How do we get this far this fast? I mean, what the hell is going on here? Swerve feels like his growth and opportunity in AEW has been stunted because guys like Hangman Adam Page being buddy buddy with EVPs and getting the fucking push that he deserves, and he's fucking tired of it. So he's gonna start going through guys like Hangman to get where he deserves to be in this fucking company. He went and took it too fucking personal and too fucking far. Went to Hangman's fucking house. Hangman, when this match started, did not sit in fucking gorilla and wait for his entrance to come walking down the ring. He came out with a goddamn attitude and a goddamn plan to whoop Swerve's ass. And from the moment go, everything about this match made sense. It was a blood feud. It was a blood match. Swerve was pissed off. Hangman was was even more pissed off, deservingly, and they wanted nothing but to beat the living shit out of each other, and that's exactly what they did. These two had the best chemistry of everyone in this pay-per-view tonight, and this pay-per-view was fantastic. 
this was easily the best wrestling match of both Hangman and Swerve's career. Yeah, I I would agree absolutely. Um, I love the fact that Hangman came out with no theme music; he just ran out right down the aisleway. And the story, you know, no matter how you guys feel about the story, oh, you know, he broke into uh, to to Hangman's house, did Swerve, you know, fine. You know, some people might not like that type of storytelling. You know, it may bring back a bad memory or you find it to be cringe. But the match and the way it was laid out, you know, Hangman's attitude towards towards Swerve, everything that you that you saw tonight was a husband and a a father warranted. Yeah. Uh, and that's the part that really sold me on this and what they did tonight. The fact that he that he didn't even want an entrance and he went out there looking to kick his ass, Texas Deathmatch. I love those little details because sometimes that stuff gets overlooked. Yes. And Swerve's facial expressions, bro, and the fucking psychotic rage that you see Swerve kind of dive into when he's in the ring. He was stapling his own fucking chest at one point because the adrenaline was running so high from him bleeding was unbelievable. And the fact that a lot of people got queasy, Jesse and I can't unsee it. I'll never unsee it. It's one of the more memorable things, unfortunately, that we'll ever see in an AEW match. Hangman drinking Swerve's blood as it drips in his mouth as he's lying on his back as if he's at Coyote Ugly taking a fucking shot from a dirty bartender. I mean, bro, I'll never unsee that shit. So good. That's gift worthy right there. That will live live forever on that little gift box on Twitter when you go to do a tweet. You will find that gift right there of Hangman drinking Swerve's blood. I had, I had... I had thoughts of Kill Shot and Lucha Underground tonight. This was amazing. This was, this match alone was worth the price of the goddamn pay per view, man. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it was. You know, listen, I know Swerve won the match. Do not discredit Hangman Page. Hangman, oh, God, is, no. Hangman is so fucking good. You know, he oh. might not be, he might not be at the top of the program. He might not be wrestling for a world championship or this or that. You know, and, and a lot of people, they, they like Hangman. They don't like Hangman. He can't, he can't cut a promo. His promo's not good enough, this and that. The cowboy shtick is old and it's boring. Whatever the case may be, whatever people complain about online. But, man, Hangman is so fucking good, man. He's I, so good. I don't know how you have a problem with what Hangman does. He is one of the more legit men in the business, period, with what he does, man. And Swerve, this win tonight, in my honest opinion, the biggest win of his career, probably the best match of his career, Everything went his way tonight, and he is making it very, very difficult. He made it difficult for anybody to follow this match tonight, number one. But he's making it very difficult for management in AEW to not put him in a main event program for that world championship in 2024. Yes. I don't know how how we do it. I don't know how we don't do it. I I don't want to. Personally, I don't want to see them have another match. Maybe they'll have another one, but the... The pressure of trying to live up to this match is entirely way too high. I feel like it's I feel like it could it could end right here. Um, I feel like Hangman was the absolute perfect dance partner to help um Swerve get over that proverbial hump. Um, I feel like great things should be in the future for Swerve Strickland. And if so, when it happens, I will never forget the fact that. Hangman Page was the catalyst 
to help the world further understand and see Swerve's potential and, and Swerve's talents, man. Yeah. Um, I think Hangman did the absolute best fucking job he could possibly do to help another coworker get over in this company and hats off to him. Yeah, absolutely. There will be a third match. I know you mentioned that you shouldn't uh, see a third match here or you would not want to see a third match. I think we get a third match. And I do think that we get it at World's End because, you know, Nana interfered and Brian Cage was out there to to basically help swerve, you know, swing the tides in his favor. I, I do think that we, I don't know, we mentioned that I believe on Wednesday, Steel Cage match potentially at World's End. And the outcome is not going to be any different. The, you know, swerve is not going to go up 2-0. And then lose yes. the third match because that would be just ridiculous booking. That that that's absolutely illogical, half-assed fucking what the fuck are you doing booking? So yeah. he go he yeah. goes three zero if there's a third match because there's no reason why Paige should win this at all. He shouldn't, and he shouldn't, and and, I, and like and that's why I, that's another reason why I say I I, I hope it ends here. I think that I, I think what they want to accomplish has been accomplished. Hey man, he, he he put him over. He put him over clean. I mean, you know, for the for the most part. And it's the ending that everyone was hoping for, and it's going to catapult Swerve. Another match can only lead to, well, it wasn't good as the last one, but okay. And now I really hope Swerve wins, because if he loses, it's this or it's that. I say let this breathe and let this go, and you come back to this feud down the road, and then we go back and remember. Remember their last fucking match? Yeah. Remember that last match they had back in November? Save it. I say we end it right here and let Swerve move on to his next to his um to his next step. But I could see them doing a best of three. But why beat Hangman three straight times and then why give Swerve one loss out of the you know of the other two? I say we end it right here. Listen, you know you may have a point. Let's end it here. I mean the match obviously justified it to end here. We got yeah. the Continental Classic coming up. Swerve could win the Continental Classic now with the fucking stakes that we know are on the line in the tournament which is going to lead all the way up until World's End. He could win the tournament. He could win the grand prize at the end, which right now we now know is AEW crowning a triple crown champion. I don't yeah. know. I, I I don't know why they decided on that, but I so, guess I guess we should go there because it was definitely one of the head-scratching moments of the night, being that, you know, I, I just told everybody that Swerve should win a world championship. This may be his in if we're not going to push him to that yet and we want to end this hangman feud. Jesse, the news was today that Eddie Kingston and Mark Briscoe were the other two men announced for the tournament. So now we have Brian Danielson, Andrade, Mark Briscoe, and Eddie Kingston. Love it. Loving the four so far announced. I think it's going to be, so far, a banger tournament. Starts on Wednesday. But Eddie Kingston tonight said that he's entering in the tournament and he wants to up the stakes not only is the winner going to get the Continental Championship, the AEW Continental Championship, I'll get to that in a second, but the winner of the tournament is going to be the ROH World Champion and the New Japan Openweight Champion that Eddie Kingston is holding. So three championships are going to be up for grabs in the tournament, unless Eddie Kingston wins the fucking tournament and he's going to keep his two titles and win the Continental title. Let's start there. We got another new championship coming to AEW television. I don't like that. I wanted to tweet Tony Khan. I refrained from tweeting Tony Khan because I didn't want to deal with the fucking bullshit that's in his thread. But does AEW need another fucking championship title on top of what we got now? I don't know why the winner could not just get a briefcase with a number one contendership for the AEW World Championship at a later date. Now we have to add the Continental Championship 
And what's the fucking difference between the international championship and the continental championship? How are they going to make sense of that? So here's, here's what um, my line of thinking was as it pertains to this new title. I'm, I mean, with all of these damn belts being, you know, you know, used to crown this champion and things like that, I'm thinking that they're using this title, this champion, whoever wins this tournament, to be the other, the other world champion in AEW to replace the the real world champion that's no longer with the company. So if this person is gonna be pushed as um as another world champion, say they're the champion over on Collision or something like that. In, es- in essence, I mean, they're the ROH world champion or this world champion or this, this champion, this champion. In essence, they should be, you know, the second biggest champion in the company or maybe even as equal as MJF, maybe maybe 1B, something like that. And keep that champion separate from MJF and you can use that as such. You know, this their Seth Rollins type championship over in AEW. And I guess it depends on how they book it and how they use it and know, you know how they present it and all this other stuff. But um if it just if it just ends up being tossed around like every other title, then yeah, I can see it getting lost in the shuffle. But I guess it depends on how important that they make it because we did have another world championship in the company. It disappeared, it was never addressed. It was never addressed at all. We just were supposed to, it's supposed to vanish from our memories. The men in black flashy thing. That championship never existed. Now this championship is here. Let's see what they do with this one. Uh, guys in the chat, people in the chat, Eddie Kings did, did not miss, misspeak. Tony Khan legitimately tweeted out that the winner is going to get a AEW uh, continental championship. So I don't know where you guys are saying that he misspoke. He did not speak out of uh, nonsense. So clearly he was told to say that. I thought I thought he misspoke, but you know it, it's legit because Tony Khan backed it up with a, a tweet following Eddie Kingston's promo. The thing with yeah. this is, see, this is what needs to happen now. And, and and again, you know, I know Jesse and I complain about this on, on an almost weekly basis. If you're adding another championship to the fucking fold on on Dynamite and Collision, it needs to have a goddamn meaning. So by now adding this Continental Championship. All Ring of Honor titles got to go back to Ring of Honor. I don't want to see any more of their titles infiltrating because now we're adding another title to Dynamite on top of all these other titles. The more t- I don't understand why they feel like they could add more titles. Everybody's got a fucking title. We're like Oprah. Oprah's giving away fucking free houses to everybody in the fucking uh, attendance at her show. It- it's-, it's so stupid. Honestly, the more titles you got, the less value they hold. Now, you need to differentiate what the titles are. At first, I thought the TNT title was a fucking TV title. Now Christian Cage is holding it, and it's no longer a TV title because Christian is bringing some prestige back to that. Orange Cassidy. You know, we thought the TNT title was a TV title, and Orange Cassidy is holding the international title, which seemingly feels like a TV title in its own right because every time it's defended, it's in an open challenge or, or a new opponent is lined up with no build. Now we're going back to adding another championship, and you need to differentiate what a continental championship is going to be, an international championship, a TNT championship. Is this, is this going to be their version of the intercontinental title where it is a title that's right underneath MJF, like you said? I don't know. Is this title going to be moved to collision? Is this going to be the main title over there while MJF is a champion on Dynamite? I don't know. But the prize is the continental championship. That's what the winner of the tournament is going to get. Is this going to be a yearly thing? I don't know. Can't give out championships every year if this is a yearly tournament. Maybe 
We crown the champion this year, and then the winner of the tournament gets a number one contendership for the title next year. I don't know. That yeah, wasn't really discussed either. I'm 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 gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the chat something like this. When I shit on things like this, I'm called negative. I am. I'm called fucking negative. When I'm trying to pull something out of this that could be portrayed as positive, the chat say, Oh no, you're all wrong. This is bad. That's a bad take. You're stupid. This is red. Maybe you guys should stop being negative and let it play out. Because which one do you want? Do you want me to shit on everything? Or do you want me to find out something that we can look back on this down the road and say, okay, now it makes sense that we've had this title for a half a year or so. But when it came out, yeah, I can agree that there's a lot of confusion and everything else when it comes to the hierarchy of the titles. That's why I'm like, let's see what he actually means by this. Because he just took like three fucking titles and I'm not even sure where they're all coming from. And he's going to make one champion crown from this tournament. Maybe he's going to make this person, you know, the the second biggest champion in the company. I'm not sure. I'm with you guys. There's a lot. It's just too much confusion about it. But I don't see a reason why this can't be a good thing down the road, especially if there's this thing about splitting these brands. These brands, like, pretty much split it. We, we, we've got, we've got uh, Adam Copeland and we've got the tag team champions doing shit on collision every week. I don't even see them on Wednesdays. I tuned in the collision this week and saw three or four different storylines that I wasn't even up on. Yeah. Because there's basically two different brands. Maybe they're going to get their own world champion. Maybe you guys should let it play out. I mean, it, it it would make sense. And I've been I've been of that proponent where I feel like AW should really split split the brands because they got enough manpower, enough roster to warrant a decision like that. But yeah, you know, you know, a lot of people also were adding because I seen the comments off the Friday video that Jesse and I did. We were live for SmackDown and Collision. You know, a lot of people were like, "Oh, well, you know, you guys complain that there's too many tournaments, but you're okay with this one." Yeah, yeah, you, you know guys, what are, you guys are hypocrites. No, right. you know, I've been asking for this type of tournament since the inception of AEW, man. You would know that if you watched the fucking show. So, yeah, I'm going to back this type of tournament because this is the only type of tournament that I that I asked for. I didn't ask for an Owen Hart Cup. I didn't ask for an Eliminator tournament five times a year. Those tournaments don't mean shit. Those tournaments yep. just fill weekly television to lead to a fucking Grand Slam or whatever the fuck they're building to, uh, towards. This actually has meaning because it's going to take up several weeks of television. And we already have a major story here that Jesse and I asked for on Friday. When we talked about this, Eddie Kingston's putting all of his fucking titles on the line in the tournament. You know, if he loses one match in the tournament, he's finished. Yep. So I, I mean, like that, man. I like that story. So we're going to be like, oh, who's Eddie Kingston going to wrestle this week? Who's Eddie Kingston going to wrestle yeah. next week? You already got a fucking reason to watch the weekly shows because you don't know who the fuck Eddie Kingston's going to be in the ring against. And, you know, you don't know when he's going to gamble it all and lose. I like yeah. that. That's what yeah, I asked I'm gonna, for. So I'm going to agree. Good job, TK. Guys, there's too much confusion going on with these titles. I'm, I'm definitely on board with that. But that don't make it all bad. I mean, it's not bad till it comes out bad. You know, when they come up with this title and it, it gets lost in the shuffle and there's no fucking direction with it, nobody cares about it, then it's bad. It's not bad at its inception. Give it a goddamn minute. I'm going to get Jesse a title just for being here every week. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's... <laughs> If you give me that title, I do nothing with it. That just shows up and he'll sit in, yeah, he'll sit in the fucking title. He'll sit in the kitchen all night and make fucking tacos. Yeah, you know, if he the, the title might be fucking incredible. It might be the shit down the road. You can look back at this and say, "Oh, I was fucking wrong." 
it might work out, man. Yeah. I'm with you guys that there's too much confusion in it. They need to straighten that shit out and, and help us understand what the fuck is going on with these titles. That's something they also need to do, but it doesn't make it bad until it becomes until it comes out bad. So let's see what they do with it. We'll see, but that was uh, the big news coming out of that. And like I said, Swerve could absolutely win that tournament and be crowned the first Triple Crown champion in AEW because his body of work this year has definitely warranted him to yeah. be in that role for sure. So we will see what happens. Hopefully he's announced for the tournament. We only got four. There's eight more to go. So uh, maybe after tonight's win over Hangman, he will be announced as uh, the fifth or uh, so of the of the remaining eight in the tournament. So we will see what happens there. I guess we should uh, address the elephant in the room here because uh, it was the main event of the show. It was the biggest match of the night, the one match that was advertised and built towards for weeks leading to full gear, and that is MJF defending the Triple B against Jay White, who stole his title weeks ago, had possession of that championship, and MJF was looking to get it back. Now... Before we get to the main event, the pre-show, the zero-hour pre-show, saw MJF and Samoa Joe actually gel well as tag team partners, and they beat the Gun Club. Entertaining match, very predictable outcome, but nobody, Jesse, nobody saw Adam Cole showing up tonight and being in the corner of MJF hobbled out there with a boot on and on crutches and a very Santa Claus-like beard. It wasn't white, but it was uh, as long as I've ever seen Adam Cole grow a beard. Grow a beard, and he's got the salt and pepper look too, man. He's copying my gimmick, you know. <laughs> old but, age, yeah. Old age, yeah. Well, he's he's younger than I am, so it's quite uh, <laughs> quite shocking that he's got so many gray hairs already. At his uh, what is he, thirty four? Jesus yeah, Christ. Like, but, yeah. but he's he's out there. He's in the corner of MJF. They win the match. They retain the ROH Tag Team titles. As a result, MJF gives Samoa Joe a championship match. When, where, we don't know yet. But MJF and Adam Cole embraced. After the match, MJF got beat up. He got beat up by the gun club. They took his leg out. They pilmanized his leg. Wrapped his, cha- wrapped his leg in a steel chair. Goodbye, He was gurneyed out, put into an ambulance, and Adam Cole had to stand there and watch as his best friend, his bro Chacho, was being beat up. Couldn't even do anything about it. They ushered him out, put him in an ambulance, and then the announcement is made that the World Championship match is not going to take place this evening at Full Gear in the main event, and they were going to give the title to Jay White. And Adam Cole comes out because MJF said so, He told Adam Cole as they were loading him into the ambulance, don't let them do anything for my championship. And Adam Cole said, I promise, bro, I got you. Okay? Everybody was asking why this match was made because MJF requested this match to be made. So Adam Cole and Jay White were announced as the main event, Jesse. And what was your initial reaction to this when a hobbled man on one foot was put into the main event with, with Jay White to defend MJF's world championship. Overbooked. 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 At, 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 at the onset, at the start of this, it already came off like this is this all this shit is overbooked. Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, 
calorie smart, vegan and veggie and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two minute meals, fill up fast with Factor's restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code SCRIPT50 to get 50% off. That's code SCRIPT50 at factormeals.com slash SCRIPT50 to get 50% off. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I understand the overall goal, and that was to try to take some of the predictability out of the outcome of the match. So I can understand that with the beatdown angle, you know, that actually made sense. You know, you're in a, you're your guys in the main event title match with this guy, right? And you got him in the zero hour. Beat the shit out of him. Beat the shit out of him. That made complete sense. Take him out. Beat the shit out of him put him on the shelf, make us wonder if he can go. And of course that baby face, you know, I'm going to pull it off and go at the end. That's what I expected. What made no sense. And this is the part that the world is talking about. This is not just me. This is not just JD that everybody is saying that how in the hell who, what medical physician cleared a man in a legit hard cast to compete for the world title. How is it that this came to be? Samson looks like a fucking idiot. He looks worse than Aubrey Edwards tonight. My my, my question is, and that is a very solid question there. My question is, Tony, if anybody in AEW is watching this, this is my job to dissect the show. So if you don't like it, I, I apologize in advance, but I have to call bullshit out when I when I see bullshit because if this, if this was WWE, you certainly know Jesse and I would be calling it out. How does how does Adam Cole get cleared for the main event to wrestle Jay White with one foot and in casts or on casts, hobbling in casts, but he wasn't good enough to be cleared to wrestle in the tag team match with MJF to defend the Ring of Honor tag team titles? Would anybody love to answer that question? How are you going to clear him for one match and not clear him for the other? 
Why did MJF go weeks of television looking for a fucking partner if Adam Cole was standing right there and you were going to clear him for the main event? Yeah. Couldn't Adam Cole have been MJF's partner? I mean, I don't know, no, man. No, I mean, no I, listen, man. If, if I'm getting a little too complicated for you guys, man, I apologize, but I'd love to know. If you're telling me that he was able to go if it was important enough, then what you're telling me that the ROH tag titles just aren't important enough to go out there and give it the old college try for. So what are you saying? That, that, that those titles aren't as important? Because if he was physically able to go, I'm with you. Why wasn't he out there defending his titles? I don't know. Because he's too hurt to go. Great. And how was he in the main event? Who cleared this? And why? On God's green earth, did you give Jay White an out clause that for some reason says that if MJF can't go, then he's crowned the world champion it, it, is, is Jay White? Why, why was that put in there? Why was that put in there? I don't know. I, you, I don't just, know. you just gave a heel faction the green light to beat the crap out of your champion in the zero hour and ruin your main event. How about you reverse that stipulation? If you guys get involved in the zero hour match, you lose your fucking title shot and it goes to someone else. It's, it's, like, it's like it's like your main event. It's like bad behavior is rewarded in this company. Like if I'm Tony Khan, you know, I'm looking at the Bullet Club. You fucked my main event up. No, but here's the world championship, man. We're going to gift you the world championship. Give it to like, you. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why? Yeah, you just took out my world champion, and my main event is ruined, man. Here's the world championship by forfeit. Are you fucking serious? That made no sense. Zero sense at all. The beatdown made sense. That odd stipulation being thrown in there made no sense. Clearing Adam Cole to go out there with a goddamn cast on made no sense. None of it made sense. I get what you wanted. You just overbooked it. You went a little too far. You could have stopped with the beatdown and the uncertainty, you know, the uncertainty if MJF was going to make it out there, then of course he would go out there and do the match. Guess what else you did, TK? You went out there and sent Jay White out there and couldn't beat two fucking men with broken legs. He couldn't beat Cole and MJF. Neither one of them had a fucking working leg. He had the gun club out there. Brian Cage was somewhere lurking in the back. Between all these fucking goons, you guys couldn't beat two men with not two working legs. It makes fucking Jay White look worse. I'm not worried about Jay White. Everybody's like, Jay Jay, Jay White's buried. No, he's not. He'll be fine. Jay White's not buried. He did him no fucking favors, man. The guy came in with all kinds of Does he look like a geek? Sure. Yeah. But is he buried? No. He's not buried. He, he, He came into the match with all kinds of credibility having the potential to win the match i would have taken mjf you know edging out of victory with a hurt leg but jesus christ it looked like he couldn't get shit done with these two dudes who who weren't even healthy enough to go and you had your fucking crew with you maybe maybe these decisions are being made because tony khan is the devil yeah I don't know. It's, it's me, Matt. It's, it's, it's me, pal. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> it's me, Max. It was me all along. All along. No. No, Tony's not the devil. That would be fucking stupid. Now, those things clearly don't make any sense. Those are the things that I said in the beginning. Those were the silly parts. 
Then we get to the main event. We get Adam Cole hobbling down. We get the match announcements, and Justin Roberts was befuddled, and he didn't even want to make the announcement because he thought this was fucking ridiculous. We got Bryce Remsburg holding up the ROH tag team titles and he's fucking, and the AEW world title. He's fucking pissed at this shit. And the bell rings. The bell rings. Or the bell actually doesn't ring. We, we, all of a sudden, we hear uh, the siren of the ambulance, and the ambulance is coming back into the arena. So I'm yeah. wondering, before this even happened, what happens here? Uh, are they going to allow Adam Cole to wrestle? Is he going to take the boot off and uh, show us that it was all a, a troll, that he's not really hurt? Maybe he was going to lay down and lose Max's title on purpose. You know, I don't, I, I don't know if they would have did that. I think a lot of people would have went home pissed, but it, it was certainly an option. But then, Jesse, we hear the siren of the ambulance. MJF is driving the ambulance back into the arena. Stone Cold style. Stone Cold style. He makes his way through Gorilla. He makes his way out through the curtain. And then all of a sudden, we see security. We see agents. We see producers. And they're all leaping in front of MJF. No, 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 you, you can't go out there. You can't go out there. You can't, you can't wrestle. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. How stupid does this look? You got 12 people out there stopping MJF from getting to the ring. And he's hobbling on one leg. He's walking. He's hobbling on one leg. Meanwhile, you got Adam Cole in the ring who can't even fucking stand up correctly with the crutches on. And you didn't stop him from going to the ring? I want to I want to read you a tweet. I want to read you a tweet because we're not the only ones that picked up on this. I still want to know why 20 bodies tried to stop Max from getting in the ring, but the dude with crutches from two ankle surgeries got a whole got, got a whole ass unbothered entrance. Britt Baker. I mean, is she wrong? It She's 100% correct. You can't go out there. Stop. We need that dude with the broken ankle. Nah, we, we, and Adam Cole is defending the title. Just, On what? One foot? Bro, bro TK, you got to reel this in a little bit, man. That that main event was way overbooked. Way overbooked. Now, with that silliness, we got the storyline of MJF being beat up by the Bullet Club, the Gun Club, he sold the leg throughout the entire match. By the end of the match, I don't give a shit what anybody says. The match itself was fucking great. I thought it was a great match. My question, as a fan of MJF's work and a fan of this storyline, I can't wait to see it played out. I'm excited to see who the reveal is and where this goes. Is he losing the championship at World's End? My question is, with the outcome of this match and the little subtle things that we saw throughout this match, which I'll get into, with MJF Jesse winning this match the way that he did, I don't know why the injury angle was needed. Because at the end of the night, no matter what, MJF walked out the champion and the injury angle almost seems as if it was unnecessary to do throughout the entire show if MJF was only going to win the championship, uh, retain the championship, get his belt back, and send the, the crowd home happy with nothing happening at the end of the show. They did nothing yeah. to justify the entire four hours of build surrounding MJF's injury, going to the hospital, coming back, wrestling the match, winning. Where, where do you justify the injury angle? 
That's my problem. Like, you didn't pay that off unless this is going to lead to a payoff in the Samoa Joe match. Maybe this leads to a payoff at World's End. Maybe this is going to lead to him losing the championship with what we saw tonight. Now, we're going to have to figure that out on Wednesday leading into World's End. We got a couple, we got several weeks, actually, to World's End. Do you feel like what they did tonight justified the ending? And do you feel like this could potentially be leading to World's End and it's going to play into a bigger storyline? It, it, it kind of feels like even if it does, it still made no sense the way it, it carried out tonight. Like I said, that I, I can't I can't in good faith sit here and justify how how this match was booked tonight made any sense. It was just it was just completely all over the place and it didn't need to be. Max and Jay White can go out there and just deliver a banger. That's exactly what I said. I mean, they can just go out there and kill it. I mean, I, I get it. You wanted to add a little bit more intrigue. I can respect the injury angle. Is Max going to be able to go? Let him let him get a little bit more baby face heat. I'm with that. But everything else that came with that should have been 86. We didn't need any of it. The guns beat him down. He's in the trainer's room getting taped up, pushing away trainers. I don't need this shit. I'm going to go out there and let him come hobble out, sell the leg, do the match. He wins. That would have been perfectly fine. We did not need a five-star wrestling match from these two. All we needed was 20, 25 minutes of decent wrestling because the story was selling the match by itself. Yeah. Would have been great. Exactly. Uh, it's almost it's almost as if Tony Khan, without saying it, and I know he doesn't feel this way because why would he? It's almost as if he didn't trust MJF and Jay White to go out there and deliver an entertaining main event. Like the story was there. The whole story was there. MJF doesn't have Triple B. MJF is looking to get back Triple B. MJF has been outgunned every step of the way by the Bullet Club. He's got nobody. He's got Samoa Joe backing him up if he needs it, but he's got to give Joe back a world championship for his services. He's got no Adam Cole. The acclaim were taken out by the fucking Foot Clan and the devil. So who does he got? The story was MJF. Doing yeah. things on his own with no friends. Yep. That's the story. We didn't need an injury angle. We didn't need all this silliness. All you did was muddy up the storyline and once again compromise MJF and compromise in this case now Jay White. Why? Yeah. I don't get it. They're trying to do more than what we really need. MJ, yeah. let MJF carry the fucking storyline with what he's got. Yep. Yep. Let him go work. Let him go out there and do what he does. Let him and, dude, all you have to do is let MJF and Jay White go out there and deliver your main event. That's it. You let, MJ, you let MJF deliver a main event with Kenny Omega. There's no difference yeah. here. Yeah. That's it, bro. Jay White tweeted tonight, I am done with AEW. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but I'm sure that's storyline. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's playing into uh, the devil reveal for sure. I'm sure it is, but that's that was the that was the tweet. I am done with AEW. A lot more questions. You know, it's not good when you go into something expecting a banger match because you got MJF at the top of his game right now. You got Jay White as one of the world's best. Just give me a fucking five-star banger. That's what I was expecting. I was expecting a little struggle 
in babyface MJF to get his belt back. He's outgunned again. He's got this. He's got that. Maybe Samoa Joe comes out and evens the odds and says, you know what? Here's your fucking world championship match as MJF against Samoa Joe. Fine. But I, I feel with what they did, they honestly took a little of the steam out of this storyline and they just compromised several different aspects of it. And with MJF now, I'm hoping to God this leads to something bigger. I'm hoping this leads to something where, you know, this injury plays into a bigger aspect. And I know a lot of people were expecting a devil reveal tonight with this. Something should have happened. With the injury, like I said, something should have happened. The injury was not justified tonight to, to do what they did. We didn't get no devil reveal, and people are so fucking stupid. And I said this on social media. Oh, where's the devil reveal? I expected the devil. No. You're not getting the devil tonight. Do you want to know why? Because the devil was standing at ringside with two fucking crutches and a black boot on his foot. That's the devil. They named a whole fucking pay-per-view for the devil reveal called World's End. That's when you're going to get the devil reveal. I'm seeing that, guys. Take that back. That's a fucking Jay Wright troll account. It's actually followed by Chris Van Vliet and Thunder Rosa. Oh, my God. I kid you not. It's actually, if I looked at it, why is he tweeting about so much WWE shit? It's not fucking Jay White. He's fucking followed by Thunder Rosa. <laughs> He's followed by fucking wrestling purist. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. That's not People got no lives. That's nonetheless. He's got like 8,000 fucking followers. People actually believe this is Jay White. Where's the devil reveal? The devil was outside. The devil was right there. He was standing in MJF's corner. What, what, don't you, what don't you understand? The You're not going to get a reveal now. Nah. And, and I, I could see that. I mean, I didn't, I didn't need a reveal. It, to me, like Adam Cole basically revealed him damn self. He didn't do shit to help. He left every he left everything out for fucking Jay White to get everything. Everything. <laughs> he, he watched MJF get beat up. He didn't even, he didn't even fucking take a swipe with a crutch. He didn't, these guys. he didn't do shit. He just watched MJF get beat up. He watched MJF get loaded into an ambulance. Nobody knew if you could trust him at that point. Then the yeah. match happens. We didn't know if he was going to wrestle a fucking match and cost MJF the title. MJF comes back out there, and there's a spot where the title gets involved, the Ring of Honor title. He just handed the fucking belt to Jay White with no struggle at all Look. to even take it away from him. Then he, he pulls out the Dynamite Diamond Ring. And Jesse, I'm asking, when he pulls out the Dynamite Diamond Ring, why does he have the Dynamite Diamond Ring? Where did he get the ring from? Did he go in MJF's locker? Did he go in MJF's locker room? I guess that's a good point. Was, was he, he the one who took the mask? The why wouldn't Max have the Diamond Ring on him already? I don't know. That's a good point. Like, why does Cole Adam have Cole have possession of the Dynamite Diamond Ring? Did anybody ask that question? So that goes hand in hand with, well, if he's got the Dynamite Diamond Ring, then why wouldn't he have the fucking devil mask? I mean, that's that's a little why too... Does he, why does he have the... Max brings the Diamond Ring out to the ring with him. Yes. And he got jumped, and he got put in an ambulance, and the first thing he was saying, call Max, uh, uh, call Adam, call Adam, give me Adam. Adam came running up, told Adam, don't let him take my title. It whisked my way to the hospital. Adam went out to the fucking ring. Max came back from the hospital. Adam already had the ring. How did he? You're right. How did he have the fucking ring? This is something I want you guys to keep an eye on, man. I don't watch this shit like you guys. I keep an eye. Sometimes I, it's a fact or something slips through, but this stood out to me very much so. Why does he have the dynamite diamond ring? And then 
You know, there was the instance where he had the dynamite diamond ring and he puts it on the apron for MJF to crawl over there and get it. Yeah, Throw it to laid, him. He laid it there for Max to get. Jay made sure that Max couldn't get to it and then came around and slowly and, crawled to it. And Jay White swiped it and Adam Cole did nothing to stop it. <laughs> he just, <laughs> just let him take it. That's why I said, like, dude, that I text you. I'm like, dude, fucking Adam just being Captain fucking obvious tonight, dude. He's not even fucking trying to hide it anymore. Ridiculous. And then the match goes on and MJF is struggling to win the match. And Jay White, he's beating the shit out of MJF. And MJF is selling the knee. Just crazy shit. But at the end of the night, MJF retained the championship. He got possession of Triple B back. There was no Tommaso Ciampa on Johnny Gargano here with Adam Cole on MJF. There was no crutch shot to the back as they stood on stage. They hugged, and that was it. So who knows what we're going to see on Dynamite. But I thought the match still ended up being a fantastic match. It was, to me, edge of your seat. They tried to sell the knee. They tried to, to give you the, the, the glimpse of MJF losing the championship. But he did not. And he did shit. On one leg that a guy with one leg should not be doing. <laughs> should not do. Should not be doing. I mean, a guy with one leg should not be diving <laughs> off the top rope to the outside, delivering an elbow drop on table debris. I'm sorry. I was actually scared for his well-being after that spot. I'm like, Max, what the fuck are you doing? Holy yeah. shit. You, you, you want to make it to 365, you, you're going to be out for 365. Never mind fucking make it to 365 holding the belt. And, hey, man, look, I'm all about suspending my disbeliefs and all this other stuff. I really am. But, yeah, Max did a whole lot of stuff on that uh, that leg that shouldn't have been able to have been done. So, but I get it. You, I mean, you want to bring a little bit of unpredictability to the main event. I just think it was overproduced, way overproduced. Yeah, the injury, the injury, it's got to play into something else. Uh, you know, but is the silliness that came along with it, is it worth it to get to the next phase, to the next chapter of this storyline? Because there was a lot of fucking silliness and a lot of blatant logic gaps. It's like, I'm like, how did this get past quality control? Nah, that's I don't a, get it. I don't get that at all. It's like, is anybody rereading the script? Yeah, can't be doing that type of shit, man. You know, this is this is not the type of show that's going to let that shit fly. And I'm sorry if we're being hard on it, because the match itself, I thought the match was fucking great. I thought it was one of the best matches of the entire night, just based on the body work that these two guys did. They they went and they worked their fucking ass off. But holy shit, the silliness that came along with it, and then Jay White can't beat two guys hobbled on one leg each. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, the injury I'm, I'm, angle did not need to happen if this was the end. It did not justify doing it for four hours of the entire show tonight. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So Wednesday is going to be a very interesting night. We're going to get the Continental Classic. We're going to get the obvious continuation of this, MJF and Adam Cole, where he stands. He's back on television. I don't even think Adam Cole could fucking fly, to be honest with you. I mean, why, why did they invite him to Los Angeles? I mean, was he? I mean, he was on TV for all these weeks. Now he's got to be in Los Angeles to back MJF. Where the fuck has he been? Does anybody ask that question? Why all of a sudden is he there now in the flesh? He's the devil. I've been saying this since Grand Slam. The fucking day after it happened, this is a fucking work. I'm sticking to my guns on that. I hope I'm right. Because this is the only one that makes sense. Maybe he came to support. I mean, I'm all about. Okay, maybe he came out to the key. Uh, in the key of form to support him, 
then if that's the case, why didn't he come out to ringside at least to support him and Joe in the tag match in the zero hour? I don't know. And maybe we should question Britt Baker. Why did Britt Baker let him leave the house? Super Mario RPG just came out, bro. You should be on your <laughs> Switch playing. Never mind in Los Angeles. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I, I want to say that we're just looking too far into it, but at the same time, you gave us too much to look into. You gave us too much to look into. That was way overproduced, man. Brother Main in the chat. Come on, JD. Ignore storyline. Just enjoy the wrestling. LOL. No. This is not the show for you, man. If you don't like it, go watch somebody else because that's not the type of show you're tuning into right now. Come on now. Yeah. I do it with WWE. It's only fair to do it with AEW. And Jesse and I are going to go over the rest of this show. I want to get the plugs out of the way. Thank you guys very much for joining us on this early Sunday morning. We still got John Moxley, Orange Cassidy. We got a crazy ladder match. We got women's champions crowned. Tony Storm and Julia Hart. We're going to talk about that great triple threat match with Stat, Julia Hart, and Sky Blue. Man, the ladies are killing it. Those three ladies in particular loved what they did tonight. Tony Storm, Jesse's going to have a lot to say about that. I agree with him. I thought that match was overproduced. We'll get into that in just a little bit. Mariah May showed up. Didn't really have a factor in the match, but... Tony Storm is now a three-time AEW Women's Champion. And then we got the tag team match with the Golden Jets and the Young Bucks. Tag team title opportunity on the line there. Thank you guys again for joining us. We got 2,400 people here in the live stream chat. Some of you coming over, I'm sure, from the post-show media scrum. AEW Full Gear Media Scrum. Thank you guys very much. Hit that thumbs up. We got 700 likes. Would really appreciate if we get to a thousand, man. Helps us out in the algorithm. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Follow me on X. Follow Jesse on X at JD from NY206 at Shottown Smark. I'm also on TikTok, Instagram, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Plenty of content on the channel. Go check it out. It's all on the homepage. I was live earlier this afternoon. We talked about Ronda Rousey in AEW. We talked about Kazuchika Okada being looked at by WWE. We talked about Will Ospreay, who we'll get into in a second. And I talked about uh, WWE with their storyline. Santos Escobar, Drew McIntyre, War Games, as well as All In happening at Wembley for a yearly event. So lots of... Great topics to discuss there on the live stream earlier today. Go check that out. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Magic Mind. They are a new sponsor for tonight's show. And listen, man, I've been taking it. This is a this is this is something I want you guys to check out, man. I've been drinking this for the last five days or so, man, and my productivity has gone through the roof. And I don't usually believe in that type of stuff, but I tried this stuff for the first time, man, and I am hooked. They got me to believe. And what they do. Tonight's show is sponsored by Magic Mind. Here's a word from Magic Mind. We'll get into the post show after this. Right here on Off the Script. Believe it or not, guys, I struggle with productivity sometimes. No matter how you love the content. No matter how much content I'm pumping out. Sometimes I just don't want to sit in this chair and record content. Whether I'm tired. Whether I'm not focused. 
there's a whole bunch of problems a YouTube content creator does go through, and sometimes we do have off days. Normally, my caffeine intake is more than normal. Sometimes I'm looking for alternatives. Today, we have that alternative, as today's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Magic Mind. Magic Mind has a patented blend of 13 active ingredients such as matcha, lion's mane, mushroom, turmeric, and ashwagandha. All of this helps support attention, cognitive processing, memory, and attention spans. It also helps and supports blood flow to the brain and to the body and supports the reduction of stress. And if you're doing what we're doing, man, and watching pro wrestling, stress is a huge factor. I'm loving Magic Mind, guys. Obviously, as you've seen there, I already got a spot next to my coffee for Magic Mind. I'm loving it. The bottles, the presentation, the packaging is beautiful, right up my alley. And the process is very simple. You could drink it straight, chilled, obviously, or like me, I'm shaking this bad boy up. I'm putting it in my tumbler, and I'm adding some sparkling water to it, man. Let me tell you, the immediate taste was beautiful. I tasted notes of vanilla. It wasn't earthy. It wasn't really what you would expect looking at it. It's green. It's going to taste nasty. It tasted amazing. And mixed with my sparkling water, it is now my new go-to in the morning to get my day started right. So how do you guys get on board with Magic Mind? Very simple, man. You're going to go to magicmind.com slash JD from NY. You're going to use the promo code JDNY and save 56% off your first subscription for the next 10 days. Once again, that's magicmind.com slash JD from NY. Use that promo code JDNY and save 56% off your first subscription. And if you don't like it, Magic Mind has a 100% money-back guarantee. I want to thank Magic Mind for once again supporting the podcast right here on Off The Script. Oh, yeah. Love me some Magic Mind. Yes, that is my kitchen, you fucking geeks. Yeah, the, the kitchen is a green screen, too, by the way. It's all fake. It's all CGI. MJF is out there ugly crying at the media scrum right now. Is he really? He's ugly crying. He must be proud of his work, man. I mean, what, 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 what I mean, or, or that, or he's playing up the fucking storyline. I don't know. It's only going to make the heartbreak that much better, man, honestly. As I go back and watch it in the beginning, he's ugly crying. All right, guys, let's get into this. Uh, we got zero hour. I'm going to breeze through this. I'm not going to sit here and talk about the zero hour. Uh, but there was three matches. It was actually pretty quality on the zero hour. Eddie Kingston beat Jay Lethal, retained the Ring of Honor World Championship. Uh, crowd was still kind of filing in during this. They weren't really packed at this point in the show because they started right at the 7 o'clock uh, hour. And uh, Eddie Kingston versus Jay Lethal was the first thing that we saw. Eddie Kingston retained the Ring of Honor Championship. I mean... I don't know what else to say about it. I didn't really expect him to lose the championship. He hasn't really done much with the championship. It's going to be interesting to see who they put up against him, if it is him, at final battle. So uh, I thought what they did, uh, Jay Lethal's incredible. Uh, I thought what they did was pretty solid in the opening of the show. Then we got Claudio against Buddy Matthews. And I know you, did you watch this? Yes, I did. This, this was Man, I want to see more of these guys, man. In fact, I'm making a statement right now. Tony, listen, bro, if you're watching, 
I'm going to need Buddy Matthews in the Continental Classic, okay? I'm going to need him in the tournament. If Malachi's not going to be there and he's going to be a tag team with Brody, I'm going to need Buddy in the tournament, for sure. Agreed, yeah. Yeah. This was fucking awesome. Uh, again, I could watch these guys wrestle for uh, an entire Dynamite episode. Just them. Fucking great stuff here. Claudio beat Buddy. He actually made him tap out with a sharpshooter, which I was actually surprised by. At the end of the match, Claudio actually wanted a handshake. And Buddy said, no. <laughs> Shoulder checked him, walked out of the ring, and, and that was basically it there. Excellent stuff there. Definitely looking forward to more Blackpool Combat Club and... House of Black, for sure. And then MJF and Samoa Joe predictably beat the guns, retained the Ring of Honor tag team titles. This was more of a storyline than anything else, as we documented already at the end of the match. The guns attacked MJF, pilmanized his leg. He got taken out of the building via gurney and an ambulance. Adam Cole was tasked with defending the championship at MJF's request. Don't let them take my title away from me. Don't let them do anything with my world title. And Adam Cole promised, which then we got a main event of Adam Cole and uh, Adam Cole taking MJF's place against Jay White for the Triple B, which uh, ended up being a troll job for four hours. But that was the zero hour pre-show. I thought the match itself was fine. MJF did all the usual stuff in there. Samojo looked great. You know, I- I'm just loving Samojo's body of work right now. You know, he was. There was a big question mark surrounding Samoa Joe when he came into AEW, Jesse. Like, he was fucking uh, knocking on retirement. He was knocking on retirement's door. Like, WWE didn't utilize him. WWE thought that that he was injury prone. I mean, Samoa Joe's out there fucking throwing himself around. And and he's just killing it right now. This may be the best, and I know we've said this. This is the best he's looked since his feud with Brock Lesnar. at great balls of fire. Yeah. Yeah. That was the best Joe looked in WWE, man. That was great. That was great, and you know, and why you have, why why while you have Joe mixed up into this storyline with MJF, why not use Joe somehow in this story that you wanted to beat down Max? And that, I mean, Joe was just out there with Max, and then the guns go beat the shit out of him. Maybe Joe comes out, runs these fuckers off because he wants to keep Max fresh, so he can take his fucking title later or some shit. I don't know, but yeah. It seems like something could have been done to to make a, a a lot more sense of what happened here tonight, as opposed to having these guys hobble around on one leg each. And that was just weird. That was just fucking weird, man. Joe could have Joe could have made sure that he watched Max's back because he wanted to ensure his title shot. Some stupid shit like that. Any anything would have been better than what we got. Yeah, uh, I don't know where Joe's going to play into all this. Obviously, he's getting a world championship match now that uh, he backed MJF and helped him retain the Ring of Honor tag team titles. What that means for the titles, who's going to team with MJF next to defend those titles, the fate of those titles, who knows. But he's definitely getting a world championship match against MJF for the AEW title. That is coming when, where, maybe world's end. We don't really know. We open full gear. With Christian Cage, Nick Wayne, and Luchasaurus against Sting, Adam Copeland, and Darby Allen. Jesse, remember when you said, I believe you said it yesterday, uh, when we talked about the AEW product and we watched Collision and I mentioned uh, Adam Copeland teaming with Sting, or maybe it was Drew, one of you guys, maybe it was both of you guys, uh, teaming with Sting and Darby against the Righteous. Why didn't they have Adam Copeland teaming with Sting happen on pay-per-view first? Because you watch him team with these same guys on collision to wrestle jobbers and the righteous, 
And then you see him come out here. You see how big of a deal it was for the fact that they teamed for the first time, right? This was the second time that they teamed. How much different would have it felt if this was the first time seeing Sting and Adam Copeland? Adam Copeland with the face paint on pay-per-view, teaming with Sting, standing next to Sting on his retirement tour. It would have been great. Yeah, yeah, this was an awesome visual tonight, man. Yeah. You know, it 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 was it was kind of it was kind of cool. One one half Darby, half Edge, and got the whole thing. Yeah, the dress up. I mean, I I was digging this whole display that they put on the night, and I even um I'm even I was a fan of because I know we talked about how we don't really want to see Christian um and 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 Adam really touch each other. I mean, they did, but they didn't. You know. Uh, you know, Christian got a cheap shot here and there, but they they never really got they never really locked up in the ring. So I'm still willing to take that. You know, this is fresh and everything else when they finally do have a match. You know, it was enough of a tease. You know, you saw the crowd getting into it. You can tell that Christian was not going to stay in that ring. You know, he, he, you could tell he was going to tag out when Edge was in there. Yeah, everything. it was it was great when they uh, when they got in there uh, because Sting was in there with Adam with uh, with with Cage and then Sting. He does the thing with his hands, and he points over to Adam Copeland. Adam Copeland tags in, and Christian's standing on one side, Copeland's standing on the other, and the crowd's legitimately chanting, holy shit, holy yeah. shit. And then Christian, like a fucking prick, he yeah. tags out to Luchasaurus, and then Luchasaurus yeah. comes on in, and they don't touch. So, I mean, good. Christian's just a fucking fantastic heel, so he obviously was going to do that. Yeah, yeah, good. Keep teasing that. Keep yeah. teasing that. You can see where it's going. You know, we want it, but we're not there yet. We're not ready yet. Yeah. So that's good. Um, maybe it comes up for the next pay per view. You know, maybe we get it. At, we know world's in. We'll see how the bill goes then. Um, I I do like the tease of it. You know, this match was fantastic, man. Something is fucking wrong with Darby Allen. I don't know what he it is. Yeah, well, it's ridiculous, man. He's got a death sentence. I mean, he's just absolutely fucking insane. We'll get into what he did. Well, what, what was done to him again tonight. Uh, the entrances were great. I love the entrance of the baby faces here. They came out to, to Adam Copeland's theme, Alter Bridge Metalingus. Um, the fans in L.A. were singing along to uh, Miles Kennedy, which always warms my heart because I love that man dearly. And uh, Christian Cage had an epic entrance for himself. He had oh uh, God, children ranging cool. all ages, from young to a little older. Oh and and some might say it was creepy and it's uh, a little bizarre, but he is the patriarch of AEW, so it's only right to have children hum his theme to the ring. And then they added this thing to Christian's entrance now where they count down from 10, and that was a part of his theme and his entrance on the big screen, but now they added words to every number, Jesse, like like loving and compassionate and empathetic or whatever the fuck it, they want to add to. I mean, of shit. he is so high on himself, man. <laughs> what a piece of shit. This guy is so good. He's father of the year. <laughs> Fucking, that's the name of his, his crew now, the, the patriarchy. Yeah, I love it. Man, this is- They're just going all in, balls to the wall with this thing, aren't they? My God, it feels like this kind of just fell into his. It fell into the AEW's lap. You I know. know. But this, my God, what a prick! I don't think there's a bigger prick in the company right now, and MJS still works here. So there was. This was a great match. I thought this was fun. It went 15 minutes. Nick Wayne looked really good in there. The the attitude of Nick Wayne, the heelness of Nick Wayne. Clearly already learning from Christian Cage. He's flaunting out there and strutting around and making fun of Sting. Ric Flair was out there, by the way. He got a full entrance. If you guys didn't watch the show, Ric Flair got a full entrance. So 
he's out there in the babyface's corner. And, you know, he was taunting Rick on the outside and taunting the babyfaces. So kudos to Nick Wayne, man. Nicely done tonight. This was fun. But one of the most devastating parts of the match was Luchasaurus and Darby, Jesse. Luchasaurus took Darby by his throat. And I don't know why Darby maybe requests just throwing him around, selling. Luchasaurus took Darby by the throat and chokeslammed him over the rope onto the apron. And my God, man, I, I it was like it was like watching a, a fucking a, a whole block of Jenga just fall down to the outside, man. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy yeah. on, man? Yeah, upon upon a couple of reviews, I mean. It looked the bump went as well as it possibly could have gone. Fuck if, if, if that makes any sense, and it still looked really fucking horrible, man. I mean, it, the, the the so the bump that he took, um, Luchasaurus picked him up over the top, slammed him onto the apron. But the bump he took was on his side. It was one hard bump, and after that bump, Darby went and twisted and 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 turned and went straight to the ground and everything else. It looked horrible. But it also looked like like it's that's the best way it could have turned out given all of the circumstances, man. But what the fuck is wrong with Darby? I believe Tony Schiavone also mentioned on commentary that Darby was planning on taking a red eye flight after this match to go climb Mount Everest. Yeah. Yeah, that's a shoot. That's legit. <laughs> I mean, good luck, bro. Have you seen this guy? He gets on dirt bikes and does the fucking the 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 X Games jumping shit and everything else. Darby's a fucking soaring across the Grand Canyon and all this other bullshit, man. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? I don't know. I don't know. Darby crawled over to his corner after being beat up here. He tagged in Copeland. Christian tried to dive out of the ring. Nick Wayne helped pull Christian to the floor. Copeland turned Luchasaurus or turned to Luchasaurus and speared him off the ring apron. Copeland pressed Wayne above his head. Tossed him into the arms of Luchasaurus. Darby then leapt over the ropes and crashed into Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne. Sting then dove off the ring apron onto Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus with a nice uh, somersault plancha. Flair was smiling on the outside. Back in the ring, Luchasaurus grabbed both Sting and Copeland. They fought back. Copeland landed a tandem scorpion death drop. Darby threw Wayne back into the ring. Sting and Copeland suplex Wayne as Darby leapt off the top rope with a big cross body block. So a triple team move here. Luchasaurus and Copeland battled in the ring. Christian on the outside starts to approach Ric Flair. So Ric Flair did get physical here. He started shopping away at Christian, but Christian gave him a low blow from behind, and he added some extra juice on the low blow as well, which was hilarious. Flair went down like an old grandpa, and we didn't see him for the rest of the match. Christian charged at Copeland with a championship title, the TNT title, but he hit Luchasaurus by mistake. So what did he do? He fled through the crowd and never to return again. Darby at Luchasaurus with a coffin drop. Copeland made the cover for the win. One, two, three, and the baby faces win here. After the match, Sting hugged his son at ringside. Darby gets on the microphone and starts using the F-bomb legitimately and said it's Sting's last fucking time wrestling in California, so give him a fucking hand, he says. And the crowd soaked Sting with cheers in it. Made me a little teary-eyed because Sting looked like he was going to cry himself, and it was nice energy there. I thought this was a great open to the show. Jesse, this was a nearly perfect six-man tag. Tony Khan did the one thing I wanted him to do. He kept Edge or Ed Copeland and Christian Cage to a very, very bare minimum here. Yeah, man. It was, it was 
basically all we could have asked for. You know, um, even even the you know the few sec extra seconds we got to get Rick's full entrance. You know, sure, fine, whatever. And he took a nut shot. Nah, you know, it wasn't the worst. You know, but at the end of the day. This was very entertaining. You know, it starts off the show. You know, we get a good, you know, a, a, a good feel behind it. You know, it, it's it's it, it checked all the boxes for me. I think this is a fantastic open for the pay-per-view. Yeah. Next segment was Jay White being gifted the AEW World Championship title belt because MJF was taken out by his thugs. So he's out there with Tony Schiavone. And Schiavone said, settle down, settle down. I got an important announcement to make. Shivani announced that MJF is injured and he won't be able to defend, injured, quote-unquote, and he won't be able to defend the title of schedule. He said the match has been canceled. Fans booed. So by default, for ruining our main event, thank you, Jay White. Here's the world championship. You're a new AEW world champion. (laughs) You've earned it. Adam Cole's music plays. He hobbles out there on crutches. Cole said there's no way he's leaving the Kia Forum with MJF's title. He says he promised MJF he won't let that happen. He said he already talked to Tony Khan. He said he'll defend the title tonight for MJF if MJF cannot go. So he said the main event, even if he can only stand on one leg, will be Cole versus Jay White. So Jay White smiled that Cole had no chance and referred to Cole having memory issues. So the match is now official. At this point in the show, the match is now official. Again, I'm going to reiterate, I find it very bizarre how you cleared Adam Cole to wrestle here but did not allow him to wrestle and wrestle with MJF in the opening match for the Ring of Honor Tag Team titles. And I find it weird how we needed this injury angle to play off of the entire show and then you don't even justify it at the end of the show and you take away MJ, giving MJF unneeded bullshit when you know he can go out there and deliver a fucking seven-star classic with Jay White. I just find that to be very weird. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, it 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 was it was it was just a little strange, man. I I, yeah. I don't know I don't know the whole thought process behind this. It it just seemed like it could have been avoided. And this what I mean, I I I love try I, I I like trying to find the good and trying to make sense of some of this stuff, but sometimes they make that really 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 hard to do because if it is a my whole my whole thought process throughout this whole evening is that i knew we were getting the match and i even texted this to you because you've you've sold this pay-per-view to thousands of people yeah. on this being the main event and you're not going to change the main event for storyline purposes if this is if this is the main event you sold us then this is the main event we're going to get that's just that's just what promoters do they sell the pay-per-view based on a main event. Now, if there was a legitimate injury and stuff just had to be changed, we would have saw a whole bunch of shit. First off, Hangman and Swerve would have been in the main event. That would have closed the show instead. You know, they probably just would have 86 this match altogether because it really didn't need it when you when you fucking had a, ma- a main event like Swerve and Hangman. But to just gift the heel the world title because he intentionally injured the champion, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, somebody in the chat said it was to add drama to the 365 uh, reign of MJF. Okay, there was already drama coming into the match. He's got no friends. He's got no. He's got nobody he's, to back he, him up. Juice wasn't even there tonight. He was still outgunned. Three on one. Yep. 
And Adam Cole is there. At least he had somebody in his fucking corner. Yeah, it kind of made no the sense. The drama man. was there already. Why do you need to embellish with a fucking injury unless the injury maybe plays into something bigger down the line on Dynamite, on Collision, going into World's End? I don't know. But MJF doesn't need those smoke and mirrors. He doesn't. Come on now. You know, people, people love coming here and say I'm always negative. I'm constantly trying to find the good and stuff first before I But how I are you have. negative? You're just calling out the bullshit that you see on television. How is that being oh. negative? To me, negative. that's being truthful. So before before I get to negative stuff, I like pulling out the good stuff. I can't find anything good to pull out of this scenario. This just made no fucking sense. It didn't make any sense. Nope. We documented that for about 15 minutes in the, the, the third, what was it? About 20 minutes ago, we talked about it. Come on. John Moxley. There's another uh, thing that people were upset about tonight. I don't know why. John Moxley and Orange Cassidy, international championship match. This match was made because Moxley was never supposed to lose the championship to begin with. He got a yeah. concussion. This was in a match against Ray Phoenix a couple of weeks ago. And everybody thought that Tony Khan was going to go right back to the original plans with John Moxley winning the championship back and becoming the international champion. That did not happen. Orange Cassidy is the champion. He took that belt off of Ray Phoenix. And he defended that belt against John Moxley here tonight. John Moxley promised that he was not going to allow Orange Cassidy to walk out of the Kia Forum and that he was going to turn him into dust, grind him into dust. Well, that didn't happen. Orange Cassidy manned up. He leveled up tonight, defended the title, and beat John Moxley clean to retain the international championship. I thought this was a much better match than their first match at All Out. For the reasons, because I felt like that match was just made on a whim with no build. This actually had some heat to it. Moxley got a concussion. Orange Cassidy took the championship in his absence. Moxley feels like Orange Cassidy kind of swooped in when Moxley was at his weakest. So now he wants his title back against the familiar foe. Orange Cassidy's got to level up here. Moxley's not some ordinary fucking opponent. This is not anybody that Orange Cassidy, you know, wrestled before. You know, like uh, like some of these bums that Tony Khan's thrown at him. This is John fucking Moxley, a former world champion. And Orange Cassidy showed that he's just not fucking pockets. So I'm going to need right. you to cut the fucking bullshit about, oh, Orange Cassidy can't wrestle or Orange Cassidy's a jobber. Fuck off. Fuck off with that. I mean, yeah. I think th- this, match, this match should, I mean, the last match should have did it for you. Or, or the pack matches should have did it for you. Or whoever he's, MJF, he can wrestle Kenny Omega. Whatever. Orange Cassidy's a great pro wrestler. I thought this was a much better match than the one at All Out, Jesse. And I love the fact that Orange Cassidy won clean. What do you say? Yeah, I, I didn't ag- agree with the ending. Like, you know, most, I don't see it to be a reason to shit on the match or, the, no. or uh, you know, it wasn't, it was nowhere near a bad match. The match was fantastic. I would have had a different outcome. That doesn't make it a bad match. Not everybody's going to agree with all the outcomes that, you know, that's, that's no reason to shit on it, man. I mean, am I tired of seeing Orange Cassidy as the, you know, the, the champion? Yeah, I am. I am. I, I felt like he's done everything that he needed to do with that title, and it was time for it to move on. I understand the um the unexpected injury, but we have time to correct that and move on. But that's not the plan, and that's not the end of the world. Let's see what else they got, you know, planned for it. But they did what they needed to do. The match delivered. You know, Moxie's going to beat the shit out of you. And if you don't, you know, come back just as strong, he's going to make you look fucking bad. And Orange Cassidy stepped up like he always does. 
and he beat the shit out of Mox, and then they had a fantastic match, you know. Love it. I thought this was great. Match was great, intense. It was brutal. Obviously, there was blood involved on Moxley's part and uh, Orange Cassidy's part, and he did win clean. Now, how did he win clean? Well, Moxley was in there with Cassidy, and he blocked the top rope move, and he went for a death rider. Cassidy blocked it. Moxley took over. He mounted Cassidy and started just raining down a barrage of strikes on him. So they fought back and forth. Cassidy puts uh, a red rum on Mox. So Hook has been teaching him the ropes here, which led to some cheers from Hook at ringside, who was there with Orange Cassidy. Mox escaped and yanked the turnbuckle off the corner pad. So he exposed the steel. Mox then hit a cutter, followed by a gotch pile driver for a very close near fall. That was a great-looking cutter and a great-looking pile driver. Moxley then mocked Cassidy with his uh, nothing kicks. Cassidy shoved Mox into the exposed turnbuckle. Cassidy stood and landed an orange punch, and it took three orange punches to take Moxley down. So it's not like uh, Moxley went down easy. It, it took some effort from Orange Cassidy. The third one was the one that did it. Cassidy then rolled Mox up for a near fall. He then followed with two more orange punches, so five in total. Then he landed a beach break. So it took five orange punches and one beach break to beat John Moxley. So we had a lot of finishers stored up, man. It's like we're playing a fucking video game. He had uh, times six finish, you know, playing yeah. WW2K24 or 23. And uh, he wins and retains the championship. Excellent match. Excellent stuff by these two guys. They work so beautifully together. And uh, there's a reason why Tony Khan put this match on this show tonight between these two guys. After the match, Yuta called for Claudio to join them in the ring to check on Moxley, who was very groggy and bloody. And Trent joined Hook in helping Cassidy uh, get up and raise the title above his head. Yuta bumped into Hook. And apparently, uh, they are still feuding. And the best friends in the Blackpool Combat Club are uh, still going at it here. So I don't know where this is going. Yuta wrestled Hook on collision. I don't really know what we're doing there, but they're still teasing that continuing. But regardless, Moxley loses and Orange Cassidy retains the international title. Excellent stuff. Good stuff. Served its purpose. Didn't overstay its welcome. Fantastic match. Not everybody agreed with the outcome, but nothing to fucking cry about here. No, nothing to cry about at all. Mark Briscoe was announced to be in the Continental Classic, and they showed Briscoe highlights, and uh, Briscoe gave a reason as to why he wants to enter the Continental Classic, which is excellent. So I have no problem with Mark Briscoe being in there. Anytime Mark Briscoe's on my television, nobody should be fucking complaining. Not good all. fucking day. It's a good day. Women's Championship match, Hikaru Shida against Ooh. Timeless Tony Storm. A lot of people were looking forward to this match to see how... They build or continue to build upon Timeless, Tony Storm, with her L.A. debut with this new gimmick. She's on uh, Broadway here in Los Angeles. Um, I thought the match was fine, Jesse, but if I was to choose worst match of the night, I think I'm choosing this one. Yeah, yeah. In, in the intro, you said you know something else was the worst match of the night. I'm like, no, the hell it wasn't. Man. Yeah. This was by far the worst match of the night. Now... I want to preface that with this. The the card was phenomenal, top to bottom. Yeah. Something had to be the worst match of the night. So this just by default, this was gonna be it because it was it had the it had the least amount of heat. 
It had um, too many, I don't want to say botches, but too many spots of where the, the synergy just wasn't there. Um, the good part about it, I, I like how Tony Storm is um, incorporating her new gimmick into her wrestling style. She did not just go out there and keep the same wrestling style. Tony Storm can go in the ring, but she's kind of pulled back a little bit of that pro wrestling and added her sports entertainment gimmick into it a little bit more. She's incorporating Luther. All that stuff I enjoy. I like it. Um, she's the champion now. I have no problems with that. That's fine. The way that it was won just kind of overshadowed the match, though. The botches with the referee, things like that. The, uh, the, the stuff they had Aubrey Edwards do out there just kind of killed a lot of the a lot of the momentum in this match for a lot of people. Yeah, uh, it was uh, it was definitely a little silly. I, I think I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of overly being silly and comedic. You know, when that overtakes the pro wrestling, then I, I feel like we're kind of uneven. You know, Tony Storm is a fantastic professional wrestler. I'm not saying that she can't play her character, but her character work when she's in the ring should be toned down a little bit. And she should go in there and do what she's been brought into the company to do, and that is wrestle. The character stuff for your vignettes and the promos and the silent films and all that stuff, the backstage vignettes, that's yeah. where I want to see that stuff. But when you're in the ring, tone, tone that shit down, honestly. And I felt like it kind of muddied the matchup where it made it more of a, it was almost like a, a comedy more than it was a pro wrestling match. And now it wasn't like ha 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 like comedy, but it was like, yeah. it just oh, too, too silly. Too silly yeah. when, when it should be taken as a serious thing. Her being the three-time AW Women's Champion. Now, Jesse mentioned the ending. The match itself was fine. I mean, there was nothing special about it. We've seen better from Tony Storm, and we've seen better from Sheeta. But the ending of the match is where things got really fucking silly. Now, they showed Mariah May cheering backstage, who was watching on the monitor. Luther's out there, and Luther's the butler for Tony Storm. He's got a, a plate with a with a shoe, you know, tits out, shoes out, whatever the fuck she says. And tits up. Tits up, shoes out, right? Or watch, watch for the shoe. Watch for the shoe. Um, so he's out there. He's got the tray, and he's got other objects there uh, at, at his disposal. And, and Mariah May, like I said, is watching in the back. A couple of minutes into the match, she'd have landed a Falcon's arrow. She'd his knee buckled uh, on uh, on a move that she tried to do. She, I think she tried to leapfrog. So she body slammed Tony Storm. Her leg gave out. Storm applied an ankle lock. She had to crawl to the bottom rope to break the hold. Storm yanked off Sheeta's shoe. So Sheeta fought back and grabbed the kendo stick. Luther tried to take the, take this kendo stick, but Sheeta kicked him and then bashed him with the kendo stick several times in the back. Storm put an object from her tray that was sitting in the corner, from Luther's tray, in her tights. And apparently... What she grabbed, Jesse, was a spoon ladle. And she puts it in the back of her tights and she, like, stuffs it in her ass. Now, she's clearly uncomfortable because she's, she's shown kind of, you know, it's one of them spoon ladles that has the, the little hook at the end and it's kind of, like, protruding out of her ass she's and her tights. She's adjusting it. She's adjusting it there. And clearly she wanted to use it. Now, I thought she was going to take it and use it as a fucking weapon and just bash sheet over the head with it. But she was going for the uh, big uh, sweet cheek music, the hip attack yeah. in the corner. So she hits the hip attack, 
And while she hits the hip attack, Jesse, the fucking spoon ladle is slipping out of her fucking ass and it's protruding out of her stocking. And Aubrey doesn't see it. Meanwhile, I see it. I'm like, what the fuck is sticking out of her ass? Now, I got no problem looking at Tony Storm's ass, but open your eyes. What is that? It's not about what you were looking at. But the thing is, you're a referee and you're supposed to be observant. You did. How did you miss that? First off, she went for the hip attack and then she stopped mid run and went back to the corner. Why? Because the fucking thing was hanging out the wrong way and she had to readjust it. (laughs) What was Aubrey looking at at that point? Oh, man. What was she looking at at that point? It made no fucking sense. Plus, yeah, she took off her shoe and then hit her with it. How was that not a DQ? I don't know. How was that not a DQ? Oh, well, Aubrey, told- mi- Aubrey missed that. She had her back turned. No, no, no. She watched her hit him with the sh- No, 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 no. She watched her use the shoe. I, I swear know. to God. And then she went for the kindle stick, and she went to go use the kindle stick, and then Aubrey's telling her, no, 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 don't. But then as she go to use it, Luther came to grab it. But Luther missed, and the kindle stick came down and hit her. Kuma in the chat. Tony Storm has no booty. Clearly, okay, you need that's, fucking that's glasses, great. bro. Okay, that's that's great. But <laughs> how? I mean, how? I posted I posted the the a gif of Sandra Bullock blind and called her Aubrey Edwards. Got more views than anything I posted all night. I was like, what the? Fu- how did you miss that? You gotta you gotta you gotta. Protect the integrity of the referee out there. You have to. Yeah. Or the match makes no sense. Yeah, that happens way too often on television for AW. Referees yeah. look like... <laughs> what the fuck are you looking at? Oh, man. Anyway, after that, you know, she put the thing in her tights. Storm sunset flipped Sheeta, but Sheeta reversed it for a two count. Storm then German suplex Sheeta. She adjusted the spoon ladle in her trunks, landed the hip attack... Knock Sheeta out. One, two, three. She wins the women's championship. So the screen went to black and white. They went to this old movie film effect, and she laid on the mat celebrating. Mariah May presented her with flowers. Storm was fake crying and waving to the crowds like the old movie stars back in the 50s. And then she uh, she shooed away uh, Mariah May. Get out of my ring. I'll take my flowers, but get out of the ring. And then... Uh, Luther walked Tony Storm up the aisle by carrying her, and he legitimately went into her ass cheeks to grab the spoon ladle out so then Aubrey Edwards would not see it. To hide it, to hide the evidence. The fuck are you hiding now? The match is over. You have to protect the integrity of the referees, or your matches will just look ridiculous. You have to. Poor Sheeta, man. Losing to a spoon ladle. They were never going to do anything with Sheeta. She's just... She's just uh, uh, trans- on her tombstone, bro, when she retires. It'll say, transitional champ. She's a transitional champ. They, they, they tried, but she can't really... It, it, she's never really gotten any heat as a champion. It never, it never really goes anywhere. Yeah. Eddie Kingston was interviewed by Renee Paquette backstage. She asked what's next. After beating Jay Lethal, he says he has his eyes on the Continental Classic. Said he wants to make it more prestigious, so he wants to put his life's work on the line. He says he would put the ROH World title and the New Japan Strong title on the line in the tournament. 
He said the winner also gets the Continental Championship in addition to his belts, whomever beats him in the tournament. So they all felt on commentary that this raised the stakes of the tournament. I don't know if it actually raised the stakes of the tournament, but the way that I look at it is you're not really defending your championships in a logical way. And I feel like it actually devalues the championships because Eddie Kingston doesn't really, I don't know. I mean, why would he do that? I mean, does it make Eddie Kingston look like a bright guy? I mean, would you do that? Uh, I mean. In a round-robin tournament where you have to win all of your matches, if you lose one match, you lose everything. Yeah. It doesn't benefit the champion. No. So what, what sense does it make? I don't know. But I do know we came here and complained that this tournament was happening and they had no stakes. They gave it stakes. Let's just fucking take it and whatever. It is a story. It's a story. It's a story. It Eddie Kingston's got to win all his matches. Does he go to yeah. the finals? So I guess we'll uh, we'll predict who's going to be the new Ring of Honor champion uh, when we get the field of 12 to be announced. They got to do that, I believe, by Wednesday. So yeah, we'll see what it, happens. Yes, stakes now. They gave us what we wanted. Let's just take that. Ricky Starks and Big Bill defend the AEW Tag Team Championships against FTR, Dax, Cash, House of Black, Malachi, and Brody King versus LFI, Roosh, and Dralistico. This is a ladder match for the ring, or not the ring of honor, AEW. I can't tell the fucking difference anymore. I can't tell the difference, man. They're both fucking worthless. AEW Tag Team Championships. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I enjoyed the match. I, I yes. enjoyed the last 10 minutes of the match. I thought it was a car crash, just like all ladder matches are, especially with fucking eight men in there. I thought but, it started slow. Uh, yes, that's exactly where I was going. I felt like yeah. uh, this match took a little yeah. bit to get the motors going. I felt like uh, it's almost as if we didn't really need the ladders here. The ladders were really uh, beneficial towards the tail end of the match. I would say for the first 40% of this match, Jesse, maybe even 50%. Ladders didn't really come into effect, and they didn't really come into play like you would usually see in a ladder match. All right, I I could agree there. They so it it looked like they went to focus on hitting their spots and everything else, which is you know usually the primarily the point of ladder matches. Everybody wants to try to get their their spots in their pre planned spots, and it did kind of it felt like it, it for me it just started off very sluggish and just very just plain and just like. I even text you like, come on, man. They have to pick this shit up. Yeah. Um, they did. The match was fantastic, you know, going into the end and everything like that. Um, they had the the scary spots, the oh my god, I hope they don't try to do this spot and shit like that. You know, they had a, a pretty big spot where it looked like some of them died, but it turned out eh, it was as safe as it could have been. Um, so that's fine. I mean, I enjoyed the match come to the end of it. The outcome. I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I'm not feeling Ricky Starks and Big Bill as tag team champions. I'm really not. But I guess having them lose right away is not gonna get me to like them even. You know, even more. So maybe they. You know, maybe they'll grow on me. Maybe they'll build something up with these guys. Let's see where they go from here. Um, my whole thing. I, and I, I text you this. I. I would love to see the House of Black as tag team champions, defending those tag team championships with House with uh with Freebird House Rules. And you never really know who's going to defend. And they keep that shit secret until the match happens, until they come down the ramp, and then they reveal, oh, it's Buddy and it's Malachi. Oh, this time it's Brody. And, you know, I, I can see House of Black holding on to those titles for fucking ever because they keep shifting around with those Freebird rules. But 
I'm just not excited right now about Bill and Starks. Not to say that I can't get there. Right now, I'm just not feeling it. Yeah, I, I agree. I have no problem with Big Bill. I think Big, Big Bill's come along. Uh, I yeah. think Ricky Starks is always great. But I agree, yeah. man. The House of Black, I mean, I think everybody, and I think everybody in this chat is anticipating the House of Black. When? When are they going to get what they deserve? They, they dropped the trios championships. They haven't done anything with trios championships, AEW. They're on the acclaim now. And it was basically a vehicle to sell fucking uh, replica titles. Now the House of Black's floating in nothing. They're feeding with basically every tag team in the fucking company. They got this yeah. thing going on with the Blackpool Combat Club. You don't know where their uh, their feud really is because they're feuding with so many different people at the same time. And they are right there to rebuild your division. Like, you cannot ask for better spokesmen for a tag team titles and a division than the House of Black. I mean, how great would that look, Jesse, if they won the tag team titles here, Julia won the TBS championship, and then Buddy enters the fucking Continental Classic. I mean... Strong. Well, what the fuck, man? What are we doing? Yeah. So, um, Tony Khan in the scrum says no one is allowed ringside at the Continental Classic. Okay. Great. No one, no interference. We got that. Three points for a win, one point for a draw. Uh, they're not creating new titles. They're unifying a triple crown. And the winner will compete in next year's tourney. The fuck does that mean? They're they're unifying what? The the, the three titles they're unifying and making one. So whoever so, wins. So, so this be, this title is going to be defended on New Japan soil. Is New what Japan that's strong like. champion yeah. ROH champion and and what else was the other one? Continental? The continental title, yeah, yeah. That's all, that's all gonna be one title, apparently. That it just it that makes no sense. So they're dissolving Ring of Honor. Who made that decision? This is what TK said. The scrum. That it, is that is fucking stupid, man. It, Why are you convoluting everything? Okay, no. Just give the winner a number one contender. Oh. So ROH so, and New so, Japan so, are bound by this title, apparently. So what Tony Khan is basically saying is the Ring of Honor title is worthless. It's basically agreeing with us. Yes. It, that's, that's very convoluted. Come on, man. That's very convoluted, man. I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We got to watch Dynamite to see what happens. But the ruling, I'm glad that there's no outside interference or nobody's allowed at ringside. That doesn't mean yeah. no, that, that 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 doesn't mean nobody's gonna interfere, you know. But. No, no, he says he says no interference is allowed. Okay, so we're gonna so we're gonna get met, we're gonna get wrestling, we're gonna get pro wrestling out of this tournament, which is what we wanted. Yeah. So we're gonna, I mean, we're gonna get two guys that are gonna fucking work their asses off, and we're gonna see, you know, who comes out on top. No shenanigans, no nothing being overproduced. We're just gonna get wrestling, and the guys that are gonna be entered should be fucking guys that can go. So, I'm interested in that. I'm a little confused by this fucking title situation. Well, Phil, Phil in the chat says, watch the scrum. That's not what he means. That's not know. what he means? I, I, well, well, again, we'll figure it out. I'm not really concerned. This is what it. Sean Ross Sapp is reporting right now. Tony Khan said at the post-show presser that in the Continental Classic, no one is allowed ringside, no interference, three points for a win, one point for a draw, they're not creating new titles. They're unifying a triple crown. 
the winner will compete in next year's tourney. Sean Ross sat Fightful. Okay. There you go. So. I don't know. Convoluted. Um, yeah. Convoluted, very, it sounds. Very. Anyway, back to this tag team uh, title ladder match here. The first time we saw anything really happen with the ladders was with Cash and Malachi. And this was fucking scary. Black set up yeah. a ladder in the corner. Cash low-blowed Black. Cash then landed a leaping pile driver backwards. Was it backwards? Yes, it was backwards. Oh, yeah. And it... It did not safe. look good. It did not it, look it, safe. It, no, no, it looked good. There, no, there was no... With I mean, Black's neck injury, bro? Come on. It's, it, 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 his, his head and neck stayed tucked. Yes, it, it wasn't did. safe in theory. Yes, it did. It, yeah, it was, yes. You, you are correct. It was, it was safe in execution. It wasn't safe in... I wouldn't have done this spot. I see what you mean. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was safe in execution. It wasn't the best idea to pull it off, but best outcome that came from it. And I mean, it was fine. His neck stayed protected. It never hit the ladder. It never protruded through the legs. It bounced, you know, his shoulders bounced off the legs. He was fine. I wouldn't have taken that risk, but I see what you mean. Yeah. So that was a scary spot. Malachi was pile driving onto a ladder that was laying in the corner, uh, kind of slanted in the corner. Fans obviously chanted, holy shit, at that point, started uh, started to wake up here. Brody dove through the ropes, but Bill lifted the ladder, and Brody hit the ladder. So he basically suicide dove right into the ladder. That busted him open, and he was bleeding pretty profusely. So Starks yeah. entered the ring and went on to attack uh, Roosh, speared him, tornado DDT on Dax. He started celebrating, and then he walked the top rope while holding Cash's hand. He basically uh, did the Undertaker spot there. He leapt off, and then... Suplex cash. Black went after Starks. Starks knocked Black onto a ladder. Brody threw Dax into the ladder and then landed a cannonball on Dax in the corner. Brody set up a ladder at mid-ring and began to climb up the ladder. Big Bill tipped the ladder over and Black bumped onto a ladder leaning in the corner. So Black took some pretty uh, nasty bumps here on the ladder. Dralistico started going at Big Bill. Roosh then wedged a ladder in the corner against Bill. And he did the bull's horns in the corner or uh, a, a basement drop kick in the corner uh, to Big Bill with the ladder just laying across him in the corner. Looked pretty pretty vicious. Roosh then set up a ladder in the middle of the ring. He started to climb it. Starks climbed the other side, so he met Roosh at top. And Dax set up a taller ladder right next to them. Cash and Drellistico got involved. Brody tipped the ladder over that Dax was on. He goes crashing. Brody suplexed Cash off the other ladder. Black then put Drillistico on his shoulders, but Drillistico drove Black onto the mat off the ladder. So then we got Drillistico and Brody battling on the ring apron. Brody stood on a ladder that was in a ladder bridge on the outside, walked on it. How it maintained his weight with Drillistico, I will never know. And then Pyle drove Drillistico on the ladder, and the ladder did not break. And this spot looked like it fucking sucked. The ladder bent, and I was concerned for Drillis to go, Jesse. You apparently were not. Nah. He looked fine. I mean, look, I think when Matt, when spots like that happen, when they're perfectly executed, no one gets seriously hurt. If someone comes off with a slight injury, then they get all fucked up. The execution of it looked fine. I mean, it, it delivered the way it was supposed to, but... Uh, again, you know, to to your point, 
it's another one of those spots. Like, was that really necessary? No, it was not. No. I don't know what this company's uh, infatuation is with fucking pile driving people, man. You know, you know, back yeah. in the day, you know, how many years have we been without uh, a pile driver on WWE television? But now we get one uh, almost every match on AEW. Because they're, they're the alternative, man. They're the alternative. You want to see pile drivers? Watch AEW, Watch AEW for pile drivers, man. So Brody collapsed, and Jalistico was fucking dead on the outside. So Cash picked up Brody, put him on top of this ladder that he just tried to go through with Jalistico. Cash climbed to the top rope, and he dives off the top rope. He almost lost his fucking balance twice. Does a huge cross-body splash onto the ladder, onto Brody, and they both go crashing down. So Big Bill, he's in there with Dax. Dax knocked him off the ring apron with the ladder. Cash then leapt off the top rope, like I said, with a splash onto Brody at ringside on that ladder. And Starks and Cash stood up top the ladder. So after that big dive off the top onto Brody, Cash gets in the ring with Starks. Starks Starks knocked Cash off the ladder. Cash grabbed his ankle in pain as Starks pulled the belt down to ultimately win the match. So everybody was laid out at ringside. Brody was bloody. There was a puddle of his blood. He was legitimately laying in a puddle of his own blood on the mat. Brody looked fantastic with the blood in his makeup. Yes, he did. He looked fucking great. Uh, Ricky Starks and Big Bill retained the tag team titles here. I thought we were going to get maybe House of Black, maybe FTR, but uh, we got uh, a retention here. They retained the title. Cash and uh, Dax need to fight harder to win those belts back. I don't think it's going to happen, but Starks and Big Bill retain the tag team titles. Excellent stuff. There were a couple of uh, near-death experiences here in this match, but uh, that goes without saying, man. That's almost uh, a given, having eight men in a ladder match. But, I mean, nothing groundbreaking here. Everybody worked their fucking ass off. Have you seen one yeah. ladder match? You've seen them all. It's very difficult to stand out having a ladder match because we see so many of them nowadays. But I thought what these yeah. guys did here was great. 20 minutes, retain the titles, on to the next. Is it me or is, or is FTR just been on a slippery slope ever since uh, a, a certain Pepsi guy left? Are, are, they being, are they being trickled down the, 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 the pole of irrelevancy since he was BFF with them? What do you think about that? Uh, I don't. I don't think so because I, I think eventually we're gonna, we're going to get Copeland and FTR. Yeah. Or we're going to yeah. get Edge and Christian versus or Copeland and Christian versus FTR at some point. So. Yeah. I think uh, I think they'll be fine. But yeah, it does seem like they uh, have uh, been knocked down a peg or two, ever since yeah. uh, Larry's owner left them. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Chris Statlander, Julia Hart, and Sky Blue. I'm, I love Sky Blue, bro. I don't know. About that. Man, that, that is a beautiful woman, bro. I'm sorry. Bro, stick to the pro wrestling game. I know. I'm sorry. Listen, I man. I think the women deserve a standing ovation in this match. I, I think they fucking murdered it. They, they do. Uh, all, all joking aside, uh, uh, I want to start with Statlander here first. I, I know you said uh, weeks ago that when Jade left... AEW, that AEW needed to do something to solidify that Statlander beat the unbeatable Jade Cargill. 
Yes. I are you this. Are, are are you are you happy with the outcome tonight? Did AEW do enough for Chris Statlander after beating Jake Cargill with her dropping the title here? Absolutely not. Okay. I felt like Project Chris Statlander was was a was a fail. I think I think they I think they let her down. I don't yeah. think they gave her enough. I don't think they tried hard enough for because I know I, I know Statlander's pretty damn good at it. I would have loved to have seen Statlander go on a bigger and better run than this. But, I, I mean, I'm not going to kid myself. It wasn't working. It, they weren't doing anything. It was going nowhere. So, for the outcome to have um, been Julia in, in, in this match, it's it's a little bit of a letdown because I think they let Chris uh, Statlander down. But, at the same time, I feel so proud to see Julia Hart come from where she started on AEW Dark from being as green as she was. And then slowly but surely, I remember coming here as often as I did saying, Julia Hart's getting better. She's getting better. She's improving. They're doing things to, to, to help her in-ring work reflect more of her gimmick. She's killing it. She's coming up. And now here she is. Julia Hart is officially the youngest champion in the history of AEW. And couldn't be prouder, man. I, I think she fucking deserves it. Big shoddy, my guy, big shoddy Lee, uh, Julia's husband, tweeted out, just amazing, very, very proud of my little witch, he says. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's good on him, man. I I, I heard from him in the DMs, man. It's good. It's good. It's good for him, man. It's 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 well deserved. He said that she works very fucking hard to get better in that ring. It shows. Yep. And uh you know, it's amazing how, you know, a lot of people tend to think that, oh, well, J.D. hates women's wrestling. No, I don't. I just want better women's wrestling because look at the talent yeah. that we have here. Statland is fucking great. Julia's working her ass off. The gimmick is fucking great. She's working it. She's owning it. And her in-ring work, you see Julia Hart from cheerleader Julia Hart with the fucking varsity blondes to what Julia Hart is now. She couldn't even fucking apply a headlock correctly. Now she's yep. in the ring and she's owning that shit big time. And she's Killed now the TBS it. champion. Sky Blue, again, Sky Fantastic. Blue is still a work in progress. She's very young. She's not going to fucking be mm-hmm. perfect. She's going to botch. She's going to have a miscommunication here, a thing there. But, man, even her gimmick was, I, listen, I, I thought the name Sky Blue was, you know, attractive enough for a pro wrestler. I think it's, it's catchy. Then you got her being a, a beautiful woman. She's out there, and she's, you know, a young pro wrestler trying to get you know, acquainted with what's going on here. And you see her from day one to where she is now. Now she's got a great gimmick. She's still sky blue, but it's a little darker. I think she's owning that shit. And she wrestles, man. This is the one thing I will say about sky blue. You would think with the way she is that she's going to be in there and and work like, you know, eh, you know, like weak. She goes in there. She fucking, she, she goes in there. She don't give a fuck about herself, man. Honestly, she gets her hair dirty. She gets her hair pulled. She's fucking in there taking bumps she don't give a yeah. fuck. She's throwing herself around. I like that shit, man. That's what I want out of a fucking women's pro wrestler. Yes, this this was the best match. This was the best performance that I can remember ever seeing from Sky Blue tonight. Um, I thought the chemistry for all three women, women were there. I like the dynamic that it brought. I thought that's with the size difference with Chris Statlander being bigger and stronger than both of them. Julia Hart being the smallest one out there, taking huge bumps from Statlander. I thought that I, I thought for as much as I've come here 
and I've shit on the women's division for the last like three weeks straight. I was so happy to see this match and I could not wait to come here in front of this live audience and say, this is the kind of women's wrestling that I want to see from AEW. This is what I'm talking about. This was fantastic shit, man. Yeah, I would put this up against any TV WWE women's match that we've seen in the last, I would, what, three months? Yeah. yeah this is what I don't, I don't know. I mean, I expect the WWE women to kill it because I know they're fucking, they're awesome over there, but I don't know how they're being booked and showed. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, now all we need, obviously you see the talent starting to develop on AEW. Now we just need some fucking story. Yes. Hopefully with the title being on Julia, we get some fucking story. I, I'm not holding my breath for that to happen, but I hope that we get some story. Now, uh, Julia did win this title. She wins the TBS title. Crowd was a little quiet in the beginning portions of this match, but when the, the ladies kind of kicked it into the next gear, I would say the last three or four minutes, they started to actually uh, wake the fuck up here. So Statlander, so yeah, Statlander took over, knocked Julia out of the ring, and uh, she went on to battle Sky Blue in the ring. She climbed to the top rope. Julia shoved her to the mat. So Julia climbed up to the top and landed a moonsault for two. Now, the only problem with the moonsault here on this night, Julia has great rotation on the moonsault. I, I think Sky Blue was a little too close to the turnbuckle. So when yeah. she landed, it wasn't impactful because it was mostly knees that Julia came down on. And then maybe uh, one-fourth of her body actually came down on, on Sky Blue. So Sky was too close to the turnbuckle for this to be truly effective. But she did get great rotation, as she always does. 22 years old. Yes, that'll come. Um, so she got a two-count off the moonsault. Statlander yanked Julia off of the cover there to break up the uh, pinfall. Statlander then power-slammed Julia, who charged in. Sky landed yes. a beautiful-looking code blue. She actually nailed it this time on stat and scored a very close near fall. I love the emphatic oomph that Sky yeah. Blue puts on the, co the code blue when she actually nails it. It looks great. Yes, and by the way, that yeah, that power slam from Stat to Julia was on the outside. Yes, it, it was at one of those. Side, yes, at ringside. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was one of those like you know the like the Randy Orton esque uh, quick power slam. Yeah, those snap you know? powers. Yeah, that's a great looking move. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. That's a big bump for that for the, for that for that little girl, man. That's awesome, man. So all three uh, are uh, up and they're going at each other. Uh, Julia then applied her submission. I forgot what the name of her submission is. What, are they, what does she call it? Julia? Oh, oh crap. Someone in the chat tell me, man, what Julia's submission is. That little uh, Rings of Saturn-like move that she does. Yeah. Um, she got that on Sky Blue. Statlander then broke that up and suplexed both of them. Statlander hit some nasty fucking suplexes here on both ladies. So... Um, Statlander landed Saturday Night Fever on Sky Blue. Julia clotheslined Statlander, stole the cover, and got the one, two, three on Sky Blue, and she wins the TBS championship. 22 years old, man. What'd you say? The youngest champion in AEW history? The youngest champion in AEW. The Heartless. The Heartless. There you go. I, li I like that, man. Sounds like, uh, sounds like Julia Hart plays a lot of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. See, I mean... She's getting she's she's getting her flowers on social media, you know. I mean, and they're real deserved, man. Um, I, I I think this is. I mean, she's twenty two, bro. Yeah. This is this is only the this is only the beginning, you know. And 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 that's and that's and that's per our buddy Big Shotty, man. This yeah. is only the beginning. That's what he is what he told me, man. Good. Looking forward to seeing her grow. Congratulations to Julia Hart, uh, yes. TBS Championship. Hopefully, we get to see some story now. Hopefully, maybe. Maybe. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Tony Schiavone's in the ring. He introduced AEW's newest signing. 
Will Ospreay. Surprise, surprise, folks. Will Ospreay. No, it's 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 uh Ali, right? No, it's not Ali. It's not Dolph. It's not Mercedes, who I expect next, hopefully. But it is Will Ospreay. Shivani had Will Ospreay sign a contract. Will Ospreay signed the contract. Shivani said it's official now and asked how he feels. Ospreay said he's happy to be part of the team, but he has some bad news for everyone. He's not here just yet. He yelled for Los Angeles to pipe down. Bruv. Bruv. They weren't really making any noise, but he obviously wanted to speak here and he needed to embellish a little bit. Osprey told his story about being 30 now. He says he's about to finish up with New Japan and then he'll be on the road to revolution. Then I'll be all yours. I'm what? all elite, he says. That's interesting. So the way we talked about it before, like maybe he might have overpaid because now he's going to pay to get that contract out. He didn't pay. He didn't buy the contract out because my man's going to finish his dates over in New Japan. Yeah. So you go. He just committed to AEW once that deal is up over there. He said TK should line up the best he's got, especially for Wembley Stadium. He says he's about to show everyone what being elite really looks like. Now, he saw Wembley though. I know, but he wrestled he wrestled Jericho, which was a great match. But I I think he I mean if they signed him, they're gonna make a big deal about it. And uh, I think he'll probably be in the world title match. So this segment was basically all about screw you triple H, basically, right? You know, I said I said this on I said this on Twitter, and you know, I'm gonna take my conspiracy theory cat and put it on. Listen, I know Tony Khan is like me, man, or I'm like Tony Khan. Uh I wear my heart on my sleeve. It's very easy people to look at me when I'm in a bad mood and know that I'm in a bad mood or I'm sad or I'm fucking just contemplating something or I got something on my mind. It, it, it's, it's just the way that I've always been. It's the way that I'm wired. Tony Khan definitely, you know, when he wants something, he's going to go out and get it. When he feels like his company's being encroached on or threatened, he's going to do everything in his power to fix that and change that. Now, the one similarity that he has with Vince McMahon is that Tony Khan feels like he can throw money at anything and it's going to be a fucking problem solved. That's what he did here. Now, luckily, Will Ospreay didn't want to go to WWE because he didn't want to be bound to WWE and WWE only. He right. didn't want to be bound to leaving the United Kingdom and living in the United States. So yep. apparently, Jesse, according to Fightful, one of the big, and I mean the big, probably the most important thing uh, of this signing is that Will Ospreay wanted to remain in the United Kingdom, and AEW was going to afford him to do that while also being able to work New Japan when he wants and work Impact when he wants. So he's going to get the best of everything here instead yeah. of being bogged down by just being WWE. So Tony Khan basically had it easy yeah. here. And yeah. Will Ospreay, I don't know what he's paying Will Ospreay, but I'm sure he's not cheap. Yeah, I, I, I call this very very scenario. I call this scenario on my on my last stream um, it's not about money between these two companies because they can both afford them. Yeah. But the one thing that AEW is going to give Osprey that WWE cannot two things, a creative freedom and b physical freedom. Yeah. The man loves the pro wrestle. He can go wrestle where he wants. He can go wrestle in impact. He can go do a spot in the G1. He can go back to new Japan and he can come here and do all of the shows he needs to do here in AEW. Yeah. And TK is okay with that. WWE does not play nice with others. They can't do that for him. No. 
And I know Triple H wants to maybe change that in the future, but he hasn't really shown any signs of changing that right now. No, they would still, WWE would still have Brian Danielson on their roster if they had the capability of letting wrestlers go do other big shows for other companies. And do you know, do you, do, you know, do you know what he wanted to do? All he wanted to do was wrestle in the G1 and wrestle Okada. That's all he wanted to do. They wouldn't let him do it. Wouldn't let him do it. You know, I, I want everybody to know now, because I know a lot of people are going to be ragging on Tony Khan that he stepped over the boundaries and negotiated with Will Ospreay in, in the midst of his contract still with New Japan. That's not the case at all. No. New Japan gave Will Ospreay the blessing to negotiate with whomever he wanted to because they knew that he was not re-signing with them. So he's done so much for them since the age of 23. He said it tonight. I've been wrestling with New Japan since I was 22, 23 years old. He gave his life and broke his body down for them. You know, it was only right for them to say, you know what? All right, you're not going to stay here. You can go and do whatever you want to do. Tony Khan did not break contract. He did not buy out Will Ospreay's contract. He did not, you know, get all this advantage on WWE to bring Will Ospreay and buy his contract out. Nope. Will Ospreay wanted to be here. All yep. Tony Khan needed to do was basically back up the vault, give Will Ospreay the fucking padlock number, and say, bruv, whatever you want, it's yours. What do you want? And Will Ospreay said, this, I want United Kingdom. I want to be living at home. I want to work New Japan. I want to work Impact. I want to be all elite. There you go. Easy. Yeah. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if New Japan told Osprey you're free to go negotiate your deal with AEW because they know that if uh, they, they like you said they know they're going to lose Osprey but if they lose in the WWE they're never going to see him again. Yeah. He goes to Tony Khan and he can call up Tony Khan and say can we get Will for this show blah 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 blah. Absolutely. They still have Will when they need him if he goes to AEW so it works out for everyone. If they let him sign with AEW early, stay in, uh, stay in honor your committed dates here in New Japan, and then we can still see you down the road. Everyone wins in that scenario except WWE. You know, I say AEW is not the alternative for one very important reason, and that is because, you know, what AEW is doing now is basically what Triple H is doing. Triple H has been doing it before Tony Khan with black and gold, but now he's doing it on the main roster, so there really isn't much of an alternative anymore. You know where that really comes into play, Jesse? This is what really stands out as making AEW the alternative. You cannot put a price on freedom. Can't Absolutely do it. not. Nope. Especially, especially if you're a talent. WWE is going to be good at getting these newer talents where they'll be just happy to get that exposure. But seasoned veterans like Will Ospreay, who has the ability to work wherever he wants, whenever he wants, AEW is a, is, is a much better looking target for him than WWE. Why would you want to pigeonhole yourself to one company and then be stuck to their rigorous schedule, have to move to Orlando and everything else? Do you, I mean, do you really want to go through all of that? Yeah. Do you really want to when you can get more freedom, creative freedom, go wrestle when you want within reason, as long as it doesn't clash with AEW scheduling, things like that? You don't get freedom like that in WWE, man. So no. It's going to be interesting to see how, how Triple H responds. Does he go harder after Julia? Does he go harder after getting maybe Mercedes back if she's not signed here to AEW? Does he go hard after Okada, which I don't really think is going to be the case because I don't see Okada going to WWE. I don't know. I don't know what they do. Maybe they just go and pay Pepsi Phil to come on back and say, ha-ha, 
We got you. We got you, pal. You know what Tony would say? He, he's your problem now. Yeah, he's your problem now. Yeah. <laughs> he's, you and Larry. Your, <laughs> WWE was so right when they said that to, to Tony Khan when they got Phil. He's your problem now. They'll probably pay Phil fucking five times the amount that he's asking for just to get Pepsi, Phil, and April back on television. Uh, ah, we, got, we got Tony there, pal. Yeah, sure thing. I hear April's going to be a no-go, and that's not going to change, man. I, no. I hear there is underlining physical issues that she doesn't want to challenge or deal with anymore. Okay, there you go. So, and you got to respect that. Uh, why, why wouldn't you, you know? Hangman Page, Swerve Strickland. Oh, my goodness. Texas Deathmatch. I mean, Jesse and I already talked Ooh. about this. Uh, I'm not going to get into legitimately everything, but let, let's get into the major points of this match. Jesse and I already documented the beautiful aspect of Hangman not even wanting an entrance. He just ran out there. Swerve and the intensity he brings and mixed with Hangman based off the story of Swerve breaking into Hangman's home. The body language, the body English of Swerve and the facial expressions and the psychotic look that he gets in his eyes. He plays it perfectly. There was one spot where... You're not going to no-sell Nana's fucking entrance, bro. Nana, yes. How can I forget? Nana swerving when he drives, and he's out there with six beautiful ladies in a choreographed dance all the way to the ring. Yes. Fucking great, man. Oh, God. Bro, that dance wasn't good enough to get him out of a sticky situation with Hangman, though. Nah. Nah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Dance is good, but Hangman don't dance. Man. Cowboys don't dance? Now, Cowboys don't dance, no. Cowboys don't dance? Okay. No. Swerve's entrance is uh, really starting to click with me, man. Uh, I mean, Nana is just priceless. Do not take that so man good. away from Swerve. Do not. Oh, he's so good. Hangman stapled something, a paper, a flyer, to Swerve's cheek. Swerve started bleeding. Now, I that don't know if this was a blood capsule or if this was legit fucking hard way. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to know. But, Jesse, he that, that, sta- that was his kid's drawing from the refrigerator oh is that what it was okay see, that's, see, took, that's why i got you here yeah he, he took the fucking drawing from the refrigerator and fucking hangman stapled See, why can aw make sense of this and, and they can't uh, fucking do right by adam cole i, I don't understand this i don't know well let's stick to this this shit was perfection man he so stapled he stapled the fucking kid's drawing to, to swerve's cheek swerve starts <laughs> bleeding adam page lays on his back and legitimately, like a fucking youngster just tasting oh. alcohol for the first time, bro, turns the tap on, puts his face underneath Swerve's mouth, and drinks the man's blood as it pours into his mouth, man. I turned my head so far. I was eating a bowl of ice cream during this part, by the way. Oh, my God. You can I, see the head. I turned just, oh. my head away from the TV, and I could not oh. see this anymore during my ice cream treat. Oh, my God, dude. Awful. So so good. It was great. It was great. But so it was awful good. at the same time. Yes. Yes. I was also eating. I had to stop eating for a second. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. So Taz is talking about this. This left him almost speechless on commentary. Hangman wound up with a barbed wire chair, but Swerve kicked him between the legs. Hangman used a staple gun on Swerve's chest, and I was asking, I wonder if there's staples in this gun, or is it just a prop staple gun? Nope. No, the cameraman focused on Swerve's chest, and we saw legit staples in Swerve's chest. I'm like, well, there you go. That answers my fucking question. Yeah. Swerve um, obviously no-sold him, and he looked like a fucking mummy out there. 
Uh, his face is covered in blood at this point. He then stapled Hangman's face. Swerve stapled himself like a psycho. <laughs> like a psycho. He took the staple gun and continued to staple himself. Like Mick Foley oh, out there. God, dude, what the hell? So good. So Swerve then wedged a barbed wire chair in the corner. He raked a strand of barbed wire across Hangman's forehead. Swerve retrieved another barbed wire or a bunch of barbed wire and walked around ringside. He pulled a cinder block out from underneath the ring and placed it on the ring apron. He didn't immediately use it, but, uh, or use, use it in the way I should say that I thought he was going to use it, but he did end up using it. Hangman fought back. They battled on the ring apron. Swerve ended up driving Hangman's shoulder and head into the cinder block with a Death Valley driver. Swerve went back at him at ringside. Swerve and Hangman were hanging or standing on the ledge of the barricade. They were legitimately on the fucking top of the barricade. Now, there's no foot movement there. There's no spaces. So these guys are trapezius artists. They, they should be at Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey with the fucking balance they had tonight. And Swerve pile drove Hangman while standing on this small-ass fucking barricade ledge right on top of his head. I'm like, what am I watching here? What the fuck, man? I mean, who does that? Why would you even think about doing that? They did it, and it looked great. So, camera zoomed in on Swerve's face. He was covered in blood. He poured a bottle of water over his face. The blood looked worse because all you see was red dripping down his fucking face. At least it was coagulated on his face. He wet his face and made it look worse. My God, dude. He tried rinsing the shit out of his eye, and yeah, it just got... Oh, my God. It was so... The visual... Ridiculous. It looked great, but it looked sick. Hangman gave Swerve a fallaway slam, and he didn't get up right away afterwards. Hangman then wrapped a long strand of barbed wire around Swerve's body and gave him another fallaway slam with the barbed wire wrapped around his body. Swerve rolled to the floor. Hangman's face was also covered in blood, but not much. So Hangman leapt off the top rope with a moonsault onto a standing Swerve on the outside with a barbed wire-wrapped chair. So he did his acai moonsault with a barbed wire steel chair in hand. Swerve took the brunt of that. Hangman threw Swerve back in the ring. Hangman went for a buckshot. Swerve blocked it. Hangman picked up a barbed wire wrapped chair. Swerve kicked it into him. Hangman gave Swerve a tombstone pile driver on top of the barbed wire chair. Both guys were down. There was no pinfalls in this match, by the way. I apologize for not going over the rules. No pinfalls, only submission or tap out. So Hangman continued to uh, beat or, up. No, 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 no. Um, um, not count out, but um, um, was that last man, not last man standing. Yeah, it's like a, yeah, you got to reach the count. Whoever is yeah. get uh, doesn't reach the count at ten loses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, what was the other ruling? That or uh, submission? Submission. Okay. Yeah. So we got Swerve is coming back here after the tombstone. We got Hangman beating up on Swerve. He sat him up on the top rope. Swerve went for a sunset flip on Hangman out of the corner. Hangman held on. Swerve bashed the back of Hangman's head with barbed wire. And there was a strand of barbed wire that got caught on his fucking face. It got stuck in his hair. It got stuck on his face. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I had to turn away again. I'm like, you're going to pull the fucking barbed wire and pull skin off is what I'm looking at here. So... We got Hangman's head hitting the barbed wire chair off of a power bomb. So Swerve took him down off the top with a power bomb. Swerve followed with a double stomp on Hangman who was laying on the fucking barbed wire chair. Both guys were down, slow to get up. 
So Swerve gets up first. He bashed Hangman's back with the chair, wrapped in barbed wire, and then dropped it at ringside. He goes underneath the ring. He pulls out a black bag. Here I am thinking it's thumbtacks. I'm like, oh, great. We got thumbtacks in this Texas death match. No, we got yeah. black paned glass shards coming out of the bag. So he pours them on the back of Hangman. And then he goes up top and, deliver, and delivers a 450 splash swerve on top of Hangman, on top of the glass shards. Why? Wow. Because he's a sick fuck. That's why. Fucking crazy, man. Crowd was chanting, holy shit, and you sick fuck. Unbelievable. It's not over yet. Nope. Swerve charging Hangman with a clothesline and clotheslined him over the top rope. So Nana pulled out barbed wire. A board of barbed wire from underneath the ring. Swerve bridged the board on two chairs in the ring. Swerve, Swerve still had staples in his chest that we saw. Clear shot of them in his chest. Swerve then set up a move from behind Hangman on top. Hangman elbowed out of it. He bit Swerve's forehead, tasted more blood, climbed the top rope, overhead slammed Swerve through the board and the barbed wire. He followed with a power bomb on the barbed wire and his signature dead eye on the barbed wire. I don't know why this wasn't the end of the match. Hangman did not win here. Swerve nope. gets up. A Fight Forever chant broke out. He wrapped barbed wire around Swerve's head and neck. He hit the buckshot lariat with Swerve wrapped and his face wrapped in barbed wire. Ref counted. Swerve got up at an eight. Nana pulled Swerve out to the floor. So Swerve stood to break the hold or break the count and then fell. But Nana helped him. Brian Cage then ran out. He powerbombed Hangman. Hangman took him out. He delivered uh, a bunch of shots with a steel chair and barbed wire, eventually clotheslined him, and then goodbye. Cage rolled out of the ring. Nana gets in the ring. He entered the ring, and he bashed Hangman across the back with a steel chair. Hangman no-sold it. Nana tried to leave. Hangman grabs him. They're hanging out on the apron, and Swerve is on the outside somewhere, not seeing this. Nana is on the apron with Hangman. He starts swerving while he drives. He starts dancing. Hangman says, no, bro, I don't dance. Picks him up, delivers a dead eye through the fucking table on the outside. Hangman should be fined and suspended for that. There was a table set up on the outside by Cage that was used here on Nana. Nana was destroyed. Nana was an innocent bystander out there, man. That was wrong. So there was a long chain. I don't know where this fucking chain came from. It must have been underneath the ring. This is the first time we saw this in the match. Swerve wraps this chain around Hangman's neck, who just went through a table with Nana, wrapped this thing around his neck, throws it around the fucking steel post, pulls on the chain as he was hanging the Hangman. Swerve let go. Hangman collapsed to the ground. Ref began counting to 10. Swerve was watching, and he dropped Hangman due to exhaustion, and that was basically the way that it ended. He choked him out. He hung the hangman and choked him with a steel, a steel chain over the steel post. One, two, three, or a count of ten, I should say. He didn't make the count of ten, and Swerve won the most brutal match, I believe, in AEW history. That should be it, man. That should be it. That's, that should be it. I'm sorry. That's fine. Best, best two out of three. Two straight, ending like that, match like that, stage like this. That should be it, man. I mean, now Come I know Brian, I know, I know, I know, I know you said that, but Brian Cage and Prince Nana interfering in this match are gonna be the uh telltale here of Hangman losing the match because of their interference. Maybe we get yeah. a third match out of it. I don't know. Maybe. 
Maybe I, I, I say we end it here, but I would not. Uh, I would not be opposed to that. I mean, what are you going to do? Do a third match and Hangman's going to lose all three? I'd like to see that if that's the case, but oh, not necessary. Man. Not necessary. I mean, he just won the most brutal match in the company history. Yeah, Hangman put him over twice. They fucking look fantastic in this outing. They have to. Uh, they're going to have to try to. If they do a third match, they're going to try to outdo what they did here. Do we really want to see them try to outdo this? No. No, man. No. That should be it. What are you going to do next? Put him in a cage and, dude, let's just end it here. We can come back. Look, we can come back and revisit this. It's not over forever. We can come back in six months and redo this feud. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, this should be it. Excellent match. Maybe match it or not. Probably is the match it or not, I would say. There's nothing even coming close. No, nothing's coming close to this. No, some people say match of the year. It's going to be tough to top, man. I mean, it's definitely going to be in the top contention. It 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 may be in the top three, honestly. Yeah, it can be a candidate, sure. I do think it deserves five stars with the story that it told and everything else included, though. We go on to the Young Bucks. Matt Nick Jackson against the Golden Jets, Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. I was actually taken out of this match because of how we got that Texas death match to play out. Uh, The the crowd was definitely out of it. Yeah. Jericho has not had good placement this year on pay-per-view. He has, he's just, he's just yes. gotten the shit end of the stick, honestly, on more than one occasion here. And this was no different. Crowd was out of it. Crowd was pretty dead for some of this. And, um, again, I don't, you know, nothing, nothing against Matt and Nick Jackson. I just don't care what they're involved in right now. And I don't, I don't really know how we get them there. You know, a couple of low blows and them acting heelish uh, is going to not be enough for me to care about Matt and Nick Jackson. Now, the winners of this match, if the Young Bucks beat, Omega and Jericho, they disband as a team. If Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho win, they get a tag team title opportunity that should have been the Bucks against the tag team champions whenever they choose. Yeah. I, I, I think the match started off cold, and any match in this spot is going to start off fucking cold. Yeah. Um, I think they paced it well to the point they 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 – didn't do anything crazy in the beginning of the match. They saved that to uh to build up those spots, give the crowd a chance to get into the match. And I'll I'll give these guys credit. Um, they know how to pace a match and work a match. And the match ended on a much better note than it began. And I and I think that that was only because of where it fell on the card. They, this was a death spot. And yeah. I think they did a good job at trying to climb out of it. It was not a bad match at all. I thought it was no. a, a, a very good tag team match. It's just, I, I just didn't care. Yeah. And I, I should not be sitting here telling you I don't care about a Kenny Omega match or a Chris yeah. Jericho match. Not should, should not be. Yeah. Uh, match was pretty dull up until about the last 10 minutes or so. This went about 20 minutes. So half of the match was blah, and the second half was where it really kind of picked up. So Matt hit Omega with a Judas effect. Jericho broke up the cover. Callis was on commentary during this match. He was enjoying what was going on here. Uh, the Bucks delivered the BTE trigger to Jericho. Jericho kicked out. The Bucks set up another double-team move, but Omega blocked it. Nick kicked both Omega and Matt, with Matt being an unintended target here. Jericho then gave Nick a low blow. Omega teased giving a V-trigger out to Chris Jericho. Or the Young Bucks. Young Bucks were on one side, Jericho was on the other. He threw the gun up, the gun uh, hand gesture, and he pointed at Jericho. Everybody thought he was going to V-trigger Jericho, but he didn't. He ran the ropes, and he teased hitting Jericho, but he ran right into the Young Bucks with a V-trigger. Then he gave out quick snap dragons to both Matt and Nick. 
Matt comes back and gives Omega a one-winged angel. Nick made the cover and scored a two-count there. Of course, Kenny Omega would be the only one to kick out of his own finishing move. Jericho caught Matt midair with a code breaker. Omega suplexed Matt into a bridge for a near fall. Omega hit a one-winged angel on Matt Jackson, and that was enough to score the victory here. And they now are set to challenge Ricky Starks and Big Bill for the AEW Tag Team titles, and I think we're leaning towards Jericho and Omega winning the Tag Team titles, Jesse. Probably. Yeah. Makes sense. um, I just don't know why the tag division is in shambles right now in AEW. I don't know. I don't know. They got so many great tag teams. Yeah, maybe you're going to put them back on Kenny again and try to have them, you know, have them fix the division. I don't know. Who are you blocking in the chat? Jesse derails these shows with Twitter shit. I'm behind, and he's already done it twice tonight. Friday night, he derailed the Burner account. This is weekly. I can tell JD gets so annoyed. Really? How can you tell I get so annoyed unless I say I get annoyed? Real talk wrestling. Why don't you just watch the fucking show, okay? You give these trolls attention. I wasn't going to give them any. (laughs) I wasn't going to give them any. Let them sit there and sulk. Wonder oh, why he man. can't chat anymore. Just let him soak, dude. Real talk wrestling. You're listening to real talk wrestling right here with the yeah. number one fucking live stream in the entire community, man, at three o'clock in the fucking morning, Eastern time. Yes, let's see. So now since we're gonna talk shit about him, let's roast him. Real talk wrestling, eight subscribers. Okay. Great. All right. No let's see. Oh, here you are. They're real that they're real talk wrestling. Let's see. Three views, two views, literally zero views, one view. And he's in here trying to talk about this stream. Okay. Real talk. Great, man. Thanks for coming. See? I'm gonna put your shit out there. He's got he's got the guys, he's got live shows that fuck 45 minute podcast. And if you add up every view that he's had on every last single show, I get more than that on one stream, and I don't get shit. There you go. So, cry me a river, bro. Cry me a river. Uh, main event time. MJF and Jay White. It was not MJF to start the match. It was Adam Cole, baby. He came out there and did the uh, boom and then the Adam Cole, baby, on crutches. It's a work, guys. I believe it's work. I think we're, uh, I think, I think we're being fucking bamboozled here. Anyway, uh, MJF, we talked about this already. MJF showed up in the ambulance. Woo, 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 comes into the building, and he's hobbling out on one leg, is MJF. His leg is wrapped. We got fucking 18 officials out there trying to stop MJF from going to the ring. No, 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 you can't defend. You can't wrestle this match. Meanwhile, Adam Cole's in the fucking ring on crutches and not even (laughs) wrestling gear, and you didn't stop him from wrestling. Nope. Tony, please, please, who do you have on quality control, bro? I thought Will Washington was hired hired to stop this fucking nonsense. Clearly, he missed the memo. Oh, come on, man. Will's a good guy. Is he? Will's a good guy. Maybe he needs to prove for me. Maybe we should buy him prescription glasses. Maybe this was out of his hands. Maybe he tried. Maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe he said, hey, Tony, this makes no sense. And Tony's like, no, it makes great sense. No, this makes great sense, pal. (laughs) This works. This works. I don't know why I'm using the Vince fucking voice for Tony yeah, Khan, but I mean, it's, it's a Vince decision, man. It's a Vince creative move. Maybe TK had a few white claws in him, you know? And Maybe. He said, I'm pushing this one through. I'm like, all right, bro. 
So we get this match, and it starts with MJF. Jay White yanked MJF's shirt off, started beating the shit out of him. MJF made a comeback, teased the kangaroo kick. He delivered and sent Jay White rolling to ringside. MJF was heavily selling the leg here. He played out the leg injury, and um, Cole is on the outside doing the best cheerleader he can. White. Slid back into the ring. He tripped up MJF. He followed with a DDT. He got in some offense here. He really kind of beat MJF into a pulp. MJF made the babyface come back. The leg gave out, selling the leg. Jay White came back, scored a quick fall, uh, near fall on him. MJF kicked out. Jay White back body dropped MJF over the top rope to the floor. MJF caught White with a sudden DDT outside, sat on the ring apron, started massaging his knee. MJF cleared the announce desk and put White on it. This is where I kind of groaned. I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) MJF put Jay White on the desk for a big move, and the desk collapsed. It just collapsed with the weight of Jay White. We got to bolster those screws there, TK. I know it's a gimmick table, but uh, when your table breaks with the weight of a man laying on top of it with a spot coming up, not a good and look. Still went for that spot too, man. and they they still did the spot. Now MJF apparently took uh, some uh, pointers from Shane McMahon and Logan Paul. Goes right. up to the fucking top rope. He was going to deliver an elbow drop through the table and through Jay White. So the table broke. MJF said, "Fuck it, I'm still doing the spot anyway." He goes up to the top rope and he leaps off the top rope with a bad leg, and he delivers a flying elbow drop onto Jay White on top of the table debris. Now, MJF, you know, we got to protect him at all costs because if he gets injured, I mean, what are we going to do? You're screwed. We're done. At this point. He does the move anyway. He lands on his hip, but it looked like he landed square, mostly on Jay White's fucking uh, rib cage. So the rib cage of Jay White broke MJF's fall, but it it still did not look good. I was like holding my breath. I'm like, please don't kill yourself. So he did the move. It looked like he took a lot of impact on, on the elbow. Yeah. Um, when it came, because when you came down and the, the pressure that came up, yeah, it was under, like it was like right here uh, on the yeah. side, the meaty yeah. part of his fucking uh, underarm, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was that, and there's another spot in the ring too where, where where Max came down hard on his shoulder. Yeah, from the top row. I don't know if you remember that one. I I, I was I was worried he's gonna dislocate his shoulder on that. Yeah, that was, was that was that was actually nastier than the elbow drop. It was. It really was. Yeah. So back in the ring, White gave uh, MJF a dragon screw upon entering the ring. White hung MJF upside down in the corner. MJF kind of uses uh, his uh, sit-up here and and tossed White off of the top rope. So White got up again, clipped MJF's leg with a uh, chop lock. White gave MJF a urinage off the top rope. Now White came down on his hip, and MJF landed square on his fucking shoulder, man. So both guys took nasty falls here off the top rope with this urinage. So White gave MJF the urinage, and then MJF gets up. He gives Jay White a thumb to the eye. White fought right back and suplexed MJF a couple of times. White then set up a Blade Runner. MJF escaped and rolled up White, hooked the tights. He got uh, a two-count. MJF rolled through for another two-count. MJF quickly landed a leaping pile driver on Jay White, and uh, that looked nasty. Taz was talking about how something like that broke his neck, and he was out for nine, for nine months. MJF charged towards Jay White, leapt over the top rope, and dove onto Jay White, 
to the mat to the outside. So MJF is in the ring with a bad leg. He jumps over the top rope and delivers a fucking cutter over the top to Jay White, who's st- who, to Jay White, who's standing on the outside already. I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah, that was that was insane, man. I didn't expect it. Like you said, never really saw that before. And the execution of it was, and they caught the right angles on that. They hit the right replays on that. That was amazing. I, I mean, I don't, I don't. I mean, he took risks in this match that I haven't seen him take in this entire title run so far. Man. So that like was I said, man. All they, they didn't need all this extra shit. Just no, give I mean, guys the time. The knee injury did not need to play a factor here. You could have made that a story in the match without doing the angle in the beginning of the show. Yeah, yeah, they didn't. You know, with with so with the Gun Club, that was the advantage. That was the advantage for Jay White. They didn't have to put this kayfabe injury in here. Yeah. How can Max overcome? The gun club out there with fucking Brian Cage out here lurking to it. All he's got is his fucking uh, brochacho who's on crutches. I don't know. That, that That's enough to overcome right there. They didn't need all this extracurricular shit. I don't know. Anyway, after this spot, we go back into the ring. And uh, Jay White, he is in a sticky situation here. So MJF tried to stand... And he dropped in pain, and he's crying in agony about the knee. He's got the knee injury here. And Doc Sampson comes over, and MJF is telling, no, 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 fuck no. Get out of my fucking face. So he pounded the mat, and Cole tried to join in and get the crowd clapping. White gave uh, MJF a, a wrenching dragon screw. MJF was on the mat. White then applied a figure four and started yelling at Cole. So Cole... Pulls out a uh, he pulls out MJF's T-shirt that Jay White yanked off of him in the beginning of the match and threw it at him Cole. He was considering throwing in the towel, quote unquote. I got flashbacks to fucking Bob Backlund and Bret Hart at the 1994 Survivor Series where Owen Hart convinced his parents to throw in the fucking towel because Bob Backlund had Bret Hart in the chicken wing for 15 fucking minutes. Yeah. So that was great, by the way. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, so. MJF clearly said, fuck no, keep that shirt there, do not do anything. He tried to reach the ropes, Jay White pulls him back to the center of the ring, and then he reverses the figure four, and he finally flips him over. White reached the bottom rope, he finally grabbed it. Cole picked up the Ring of Honor tag team title bout, he was about to hit Jay White, who was leaning on the ropes. White blocked it, grabbed the belt, and yanked it away from Cole with no struggle at all. He nailed MJF with it. I thought this was it. I legitimately thought this was the end of the fucking title reign. Referee didn't see it. We got a dramatic near fall. MJF kicks out. MJF kicked White off of him. White collided with the referee. This is where bullshit goes now. MJF sat up, saw Cole and the dynamite diamond ring. Cole pulls out the dynamite diamond ring. I asked before, I'm going to ask it again. Why did Adam Cole have the dynamite diamond ring? Why was he in possession of it? I don't know. Hopefully this is uh, discussed or brought to the table. Because I'm asking the question now. MJ, he, and he doesn't even hand MJF the fucking ring. He puts it's it on the ring. He puts it on the fucking edge of the apron. So he has yeah. MJF crawl over to it like he's begging for fucking water in, in a, in a bone-dry desert. Just hand him the fucking ring. He couldn't get it to him. He was about to compete in a world title match a few minutes ago. He doesn't hand it to him. MJF reached for it. JY pulled him away. And grabs the ring. Again, Adam Cole does nothing to stop Jay White from grabbing the ring. So White put the ring on his pinky finger and then gave Cole the middle finger. 
White wound up. He swung. MJF gave him a low blow. The guns ran out because Bryce Remsburg was down. White went for the Blade Runner. MJF blocked it. He punched the, the guns out of the ring. And then he punched Jay White with the ring. The referee finally comes to one, two, three. And MJF wins the match and gets Triple B back. Cole entered the ring. He celebrated with MJF. They hugged. And he did that little thing he does. Adam Cole hugs you. And he has his fist clenched up. And he pounds his back like he's stabbing him in the back. This is not the first time fans called this out. He's done that every time he's hugged MJF. It may mean something. It may not mean anything. MJF collapsed on the mat. He clutched his knee. They walk up the aisle way. They got a standing ovation. And that's the way the show goes off the air. Great match. I just needed all the smoke and mirrors to get there. No, it it, it, it did not. Um, he wanted to make it more interesting, did TK. And it, it's sometimes less is better. You know, sometimes less is better. This is this is a situation. This is a time where you get MJF, you've got Jay White. All you need is a little story going into it, which they had. And these guys will deliver your main event for you, dude. Kick back. Enjoy the rest of the show. There's nothing more for you to do here. You know, chill, relax. They got this. Now, I, I will say this in closing before we get to the Super Chat. I love the match. I thought the match was great. Edge of your seat. They, the near falls were great. They worked their asses off. MJF is having one hell of a run. Jay White is not buried, okay? Jay White, this is his first loss in AEW. He's not, he's not going to fucking, uh, like, he's not going to bounce back from this. Give me a break. Now, the thing is, the reveal of the devil. Everybody's like, why didn't we get a reveal? Who's the devil? They didn't do anything. I, I said it once. I'm going to say it again. The knee injury and, and what they did all night did not justify the ending. I don't like that. Will it be paid off? We're going to have to wait and see. Hopefully it is, because something like this should be a major factor into what happens next. Now we wait for who the devil is, the reveal of the devil. The devil, in my opinion, was standing on the outside, holding himself up with a pair of crotches. It's Adam Cole. Everything yeah. that Adam Cole did tonight was very suspicious. Everything. I, yeah. I, I felt it was a work. I predicted it was a work from the get-go. You know, the, the, the way he hugs MJF, the dynamite diamond ring. Why does he have it? Why did he leave it on the apron and not give it to MJF? Why did he have no struggle when pulling out the Ring of Honor tag team title and letting uh, Jay White just take it away from him? You know, why did he opt so willingly with a broken ankle, two surgeries to go in there and wrestle for the world championship while MJF was being carted off to a fucking hospital? All of these things don't make sense. And, and the one glaring thing is, Jesse... I don't think AEW would have Adam Cole, who has this terrible injury that potentially could keep him out until the end of the summer, on television now, risking further injury while being out there in an active pro wrestling match. Something doesn't add up here. I, I don't think people are really thinking about it as, as, oh, Adam Cole's the devil. He is the devil. In my opinion, he's the devil because I don't think that he's going to be sent out there in his condition to help guide this storyline to get it where it needs to go. I think we've been trolled, and I do think the injury was not as bad as they said it was. I I I I think the injury is one hundred percent legit. I think they're just they're they're using Adam Cole to the best of his capabilities right now to help carry the storyline um along until he can come back and then they can pay it off the way that they intended to. Um. Adam Cole on crutches on my TV is better than Adam Cole at home hanging out with Britt Baker. Yeah, that I agree. Do, 
he can seek it. He can sit out here and sell a story on crutches and make it interesting. They can carry this shit out as long as they need to. All they got to do is get Adam Cole out of that cast. When they can get out of that cast, he don't even have to be ring ready just yet. As long as he's out of that cast and can walk, they can go ahead and do the devil reveal. Um, I still think it's real. I just think they're just trying to make the best lemonade that they can from the lemons that they were served from this whole injury situation. Yeah. All in all, full gear. You know, I get tired of saying it. You know, I can't say every AEW pay-per-view is their best ever, but this was an incredible show. From top to bottom, this was an incredible show. Tony Khan continues to deliver pay-per-views the way that we deserve pay-per-views. They're worth every fucking penny. And even the ones that we thought had no build ended up being tremendous shows. So, again, kudos to Tony Khan. I'm looking forward to Dynamite with the start of the tournament. And to see yeah. where this MJF stuff ends up, I'm very, very invested in where they go with this. Is Cole really hurt? Is he the devil? What's with the injury? How bad is MJF's knee? So much shit going on here, man. So we got a lot to uh, really dive into on Wednesday. Yep, yep. I can't wait, man. They to, Tony Khan apparently at this scrum is really emphasizing the, the work rate we're going to get from this tournament. I can't nah, wait for I, it. I, I hope so. I'm getting Cruiserweight Classic vibes. That's, I, that's what I, I want. I hope so. Thank you guys very much for joining us on this very early Sunday morning. We're going to breeze through these Super Chats, and then Jesse and I are going to bed. But uh, I appreciate you guys for joining us, man. We had 2,400 in here. We almost got 1,000 likes, man. We need 80 more likes for 1,000, if you guys can oh, do that for me. Come on, you guys. I know, I know you got it in you. I know you got it in you. Let's get 1,000 likes before we get out of here. Check out my sponsor for tonight's show, Magic Mind. Go get yours today. Link will be down in the description and at the very top of the comment section when the video is over. Thank you guys for checking them out. It works, man. Believe me. I would never promote something on this show that I have not used. So there you go. And go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. Follow Jesse and I on social media at JD from NY206 and at Chi-Town Smark. And also hit that subscribe button down below. We are 200 away from 150,000 subscribers. Uh, Michelle with a $2 Super Chat. Fun opening match. Darby Sting, Copeland rule. I agree. Also, Michelle, signing Will Ospreay was a big F you to Triple H from TK. I'm sure he's uh, sleeping well tonight, is TK. Maybe. Does the man sleep? I don't know. Ricky Ambrose with a new membership. Thank you, Ricky. What the fuck are you drinking? Hiru with a 10. Leaving the venue. TK and the talent put on a hell of a show. Swerve and Hangman was insane. If Swerve was AEW champ tomorrow, I'd have no issues with that. Crown him. 2024, absolutely. 2025 is Swerve's year. Wolf Dragon Monster Den with a five. I didn't get the pay-per-view. Times are tough. Jay White should have won with my earlier question. Jerry White was never intended to win this match, brother. No. no. Frank Marano with a 20. When they reveal Adam Cole's the devil, it will be the coldest, most uncomfortable moment you can imagine. Will be an MJF heartbreaker, so let it play out. I can't wait for that, man. I can't wait for that reveal, man. MJF is fucking crying on the scrum to sell this shit now. Crying. Ugly crying, bro. Sean Ray J with a 20. Absolute five-star classic by Swerve and Page. Swerve better have world title run in 2024. Also, the devil wasn't mentioned or involved today, coincidentally, when Cole is busy dealing with MJF. Yes? No mention of the devil or no, no signs of the devil. No Roddy either. Yeah. Well, Roddy, yeah, was, Roddy was kind of I had an injury scare, so maybe he was just taken off as a precautionary reason. 
Yeah, man, that's man. I don't know. Yeah, Roddy should have made some kind of appearance in this in this, this all this clusterfuck of moving parts in this yeah. story where he's he's you know instrumental in. So. Yeah, no. Plus, I, I want to say something about the the people who complain about you know ex WWE guys. Well, Swerve is an ex WWE guy, you know, and they just using ex WWE guys. I don't seem to remember Swerve Strickland being used to this level on WWE TV. So it's not about ex WWE guys. It's about using people in a better manner than what you were getting previously in the other company. No, he was not an ex-WWE guy, only in the sense that he worked with NXT, but he got called up to the main roster, and within six weeks of his call-up, he got fired. Yes, I'm sure they really appreciated Shane Strickland. Right. He's an ex-WWE guy. That, that's no, how he I wasn't. Know. I mean, what, what do you... you rather these guys who get ripped off and just fucking misused in WWE sit at home jobless because you don't want AEW to pick them up. That's what they want. They... If you don't work in WWE, you shouldn't work in wrestling anymore. That's what that's what the WWE stands want. Yeah. Sean Ray, Jane, Frank Morano, thank you guys for your generosity. Phil with a 999. I love this show. Swerve and Hangman had match tonight. MJF and Jay White smashed it. When Adam Cole is revealed as the devil at World's End, it's going to be insane. Congratulations to Osprey as well. Thank you, Phil. Cake with a $5 super chat. The main event pissed me off. What's next for Jay White after tonight? How do you come back from losing to a guy who isn't cleared twice? a good question. I think the Bullet Club will be fine. Yeah. M. James with a five. Swerve is quickly becoming my favorite part of AEW with such a badass entrance. If he can't be AEW champ anytime, then he should win the tournament. Well, he's got to be announced for the tournament first. Gerald Davis with a five. Swerve and Hangman's match. Stock went up. Some wear Mick Foley's smiling. That that match stole the pay-per-view. It was definitely matching tonight. Yes. Joseph Taylor with a five. Maybe Hangman Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland at World's End inside the first ever Hell in a Cell match. What? Uh, I mean, all they have left to do is pretty much a cage match. Yeah. And, and there's no Hell in a Cell in, in, in AEW, but we'll see. You might be right. They're going to do a third, but I, I just, if the if the series is tied one to one, I would definitely see an absolute third coming. Yeah. I'm hoping with Swerve up 2 nil that they just end this and draw it right there man yeah you you have the great you have a great end to a story right here you're gonna try to make it better and you're gonna fall short i don't want to see these guys try to out they tried to fucking kill themselves tonight what are they gonna do in the third fucking match i don't know cake with a five dollar super chat the entire hangman swear feud was like page coming to terms with his former self this was the most he's been himself in years never tame hangman i agree Sean Ray J with a five. Someone called Cole during the media scrum and Britt tweeted during the scrum upset that TK MJF was sitting and Cole was standing. Devil may be Britt. There's no payoff with Britt being the devil. If Britt is the the devil, then Adam Cole's got to be included. So is Adam Cole really hurt if they're letting him fucking stand? Another question. He may have been hurt, but I don't think he's hurt now. For wrestling fans just don't know when to yeah. <laughs> take take the answer as the answer, man. Basic with a 499 times two. Man, why doesn't TK give the commentating team a championship? Cameramen will always have title will probably have titles as well. TK has a huge roster of wrestlers not doing anything. He should introduce a catering championship. Okay. Yeah, no more titles, man. I, I, no more titles. 
Yeah, women, yeah, people still want women's tag team titles. Otis with 23 months. One more month and that gold microphone is mine. Good show by AW. Can't wait to go on December 20th here in Oklahoma City. Love you guys. Hashtag OTS Bloodline. Thank you, Otis. That gold mic's going to look good on you, bro. Antonio with a 10. No message. Thank you, Antonio. Boz Wrench with a 5. I hope Hangman and Swerve Match does not or does what Cactus Jack versus Orton at Backlash or Ford did for Randy where it took him to the main event level. That's a good, that's a good comparison. Definitely a good comparison. Yeah. Jay Ray with a five. JD and Jesse, I researched TK's tweet. The Continental Championship is a trophy, not a new title belt. Okay. We'll see. So how is he unifying the titles then? So is the champion going to carry around three titles in the trophy, two titles in the trophy, or one belt, or what are we going to do? We don't know yet. We, right. we don't know yet. Fred with a $10 super chat. Hello, JD and Jesse. Just here to say thank you for all the work you do. I'm playing catch up on the pay-per-view right now, so I will check out this replay later tonight. Cheers. Thank you, Fred. Antonio with a 20. JD, I'm a fellow Mount St. Michael alum. Wow. Mount St. Michael in the Bronx. I graduated class of 2000. Love your insight. I think after the match, MJF and Adam at the top of the ramp, the devil should have appeared on the screen to spice up the story because huge mystery would call being suspected. Nah. I didn't, I'm glad we didn't get any devil reveal tonight. Right, people are upset we didn't get a devil reveal. I mean, the, I mean, all signs point to call. Just wait. They want you to, they want you to feel like everything is good. That heartbreak is going to be fucking emotional shit, man. I love it. You know how Sami Zayn, you know, when Sami Zayn was fucking beat up by the bloodline, man, the emotion. I legitimately had fucking watery eyes watching Sami Zayn fucking get his ass handed to him. That's the same yeah. thing that's going to happen here, man. Yeah, you don't want them to just blow all the damn load in one night. No. Yeah. Well, after he reveals the devil, then what? You know what I mean? I mean, let's let it play out for a little while. Get some time. Jay Ray with a 12. Triple crown champion will have two titles and a trophy. People have constantly complained about AEW not having intriguing storylines, but relating to who the devil is, people are now complaining about overbooking. There's just no satisfying wrestling fans. The internet wrestling fan is horrible, J-Ray. That's what uh, we have to say about that. Wolf Dragon, Monster Den with a two. Didn't know MJF came back. Well, maybe you should watch the show. Did you stop watching the show? Because he was in the main event. Did you just watch the pre-show? Cake with a two-dollar super jet. Hunter got Sheeta on speed dial after tonight. Maybe. Jerry Ramey with a 29 months. Thank you, Jerry Ramey. Evening, JD. I'll have a couple of shots of what's in the oak barrels to your right. That's some secret stash, Jerry Ramey. Uh, I'm a fellow huge Alter Bridge fan. What's your favorite album? Blackbird. And then if I had to choose a second, I would say Fortress. JW Universe with a $5 super chat. Just got home. It was a great show. Didn't feel like 11 matches at all. Yes, I said the same thing. I'm like, man, it's 1030. This pay-per-view is breezing by, but that's what happens when you get a great night. Yeah. Junior Arana with a 199. Hey, JD, I was there at full gear. How was the crowd? You guys came off great tonight on pay-per-view. Los Angeles was rocking. Francis with 15. Was Hangman versus Swerve tonight better than Hangman versus Danielson's 60-minute Ironman match? Yes. They went about half that, so yes. 
Francis Loop also says, The devil has to be a legitimate badass man of honor. It has to beat Hulk Hogan, NWO, major unveiling. I just don't see the kingdom doing the violence that happened to the acclaimed. Who knows? Adam Cole is uh, fit to play that role. We'll see who he surrounds himself with. Captain Solo with a five. I'm sorry, but John Moxley shouldn't be losing to goofy garbage like Orange Cassidy. Like, what are we doing here? I'm just not a fan of his gimmick. Well, you have a problem there, Captain Solo. You have to take care of that yourself. Orange Cassidy is fucking great. Sarit Mohanty, considering TK signing so many talents in AEW and roster being too overloaded, don't you think it will be challenging to book so many top guys there and sooner or later, he needs to let some go? Yeah. But Tony Khan's not going to release anybody. Nope. Delightful entertainment with a five and a two. People on Twitter crying tears of joy that AEW signed Osprey. AEW fans are so weird. Doesn't apply to you two. It's just weird behavior. Well, wrestling fans are family. Where wrestling fans are uh, geek virgins, so uh, not us though. Uh, Delightful also says AW has someone almost die every show with a spot. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty risque. Cake with a five. Tony Khan is officially merging the Ring of Honor World and New Japan Strong Openweight titles to create the Continental title. The Ring of Honor title has a big lineage. I hate it. I don't like it at all. Captain Solo with a five. Let's be honest. What exactly would WWE do with Will Ospreay? The casual WWE zombie has absolutely no clue who he is. He's a much better fit for AEW. Yes. But I trust Papa H. I do. He would have been good in WWE. But he's definitely a better fit for AEW. Man of a thousand five holds with 26 months. Hangman and Swerve was matching tonight. I'm at a loss of words. When AEW gives LTB, we care. Swerve just keeps getting better and better. Swerve is awesome. I have to get him to unblock me, man. Yeah, I'm still blocked, too. Uh, Jerry Ramey with a 14-month... Oh, Jerry Ramirez, I'm sorry, with 14 months. Yo, JD, best podcast in the IWC. Thank you, brother. You got me into Alter Bridge. I've listened to most of their albums. My favorite album is AB3. Favorite song still remains. The great album. Still Remains is a great song. My favorite song of that album is probably Still Remains and Isolation. Wapa Tapa for the 199. He says, Bukaki. Don't know what that means. Will Chisholm with a $5 Super Jack. Fans on social media going crazy over the finish saying it was WWE-esque. Okay. All right. Okay. Rusty Wagner with 25 months. Thank you, JD and Jesse. Thank you, Rusty Wagner. And DL Bain with a 499. This question for you both is what if in wrestling you wish could have come to fruition? I don't know. That's a good question. Come again? Name one thing in pro wrestling that you wanted to see come to fruition that we didn't get. A successful CM Punk run in AEW. There you go. Probably me. I would say Bret Hart versus Kurt Angle. Or Shawn Michaels versus The Rock. I, I was so happy with the birth of AEW. I was so happy with CM Punk coming back to pro wrestling. If I had my way, everything would have worked out and everything would have been fantastic and in harmony. That's yeah. just me. Yeah. Guys, uh, we are about to get out of here. Jesse and I really appreciate you hanging out tonight for the podcast. And uh, I don't know if I'll be back, man. I may be
streaming some Call of Duty tomorrow because there is probably going to be no wrestling news. It's going to be a long weekend, and I got uh, a day to do nothing tomorrow, so I may stream some Modern Warfare 3. I fucking hate the game, but I may stream it on my second channel, but I'll let you guys know on social media. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. Follow Jesse at Chi-Town Smark. Go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. Ivan Cage ASMR Gaming with the 199. I went to AW Full Gear in Inglewood, California. Well, that's a question. He's asking you if he went. I don't know, Ivan. Did you go? Did you go? Asking me for man. I'm in New York. <laughs> Phil with a 499. I can't wait to head to World's End at the end of the year. That pay per view is going to be huge in more ways than one. OTS for life. Thank you, Phil. Anyway. Go check out the content on the channel. Hit that subscribe button down below. We need 14 fucking likes for a thousand. I know there are 14 geeks in this chat that have not hit the thumbs up. Anyway, guys, great show tonight. Full gear. One of the best shows that AEW's put on. And I will see you back with Jesse live on Wednesday night to wrap this shit up, man, as we head towards world's end on long island at the nassau coliseum until then guys thank you very much for a great stream and i will see you back live monday from monday night raw right here on ots i'll see you guys later credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.